So you listen to me and you listen well. Are you behind on your credit card bills? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. Is your landlord ready to evict you? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. Does your girlfriend think you're a worthless loser? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. I want you to deal with your problems by becoming rich. All you have to do today is pick up that phone and speak the words that I have taught you. And I will make you richer than the most powerful CEO in the United States of America. I want you to go out there and I want you to ram Gundam down your clients' throats till they choke on it. Till they choke on it and they buy a hundred thousand shares. That's what I want you to do. You be ferocious. You be relentless. You be telephone. Now let's knock this motherfucker out of the park! All right, everyone, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. This is the first episode of the year 2014, episode 136, and this is one of your hosts, Neo, and always joining me, well, always joining me, except for the last uh, special, couple of specials that came out, uh, is uh, Chris and Solbro. Guys, say hello. How y'all doing this evening? Hate. Hate. <laughs> Now, did Santa sprinkle you with Xbox Ones and PS4s upon your head like he did to me? No. <laughs> oh, damn. Sorry to hear that. But, uh, well, shit, I, don't, I still don't have the Xbox One hooked up. Mm-hmm. It's too much going on there. We're trying to figure out how to do it and stuff. But um, how I want it set up, not to actually hook it up. It's the way my entertainment thing is working here. But, all right, well, uh, guys, anything? I know we haven't um, been together in quite a while. Um, anything, anything of any pertinence or specific news that you want to hit before we uh, get on with today's episode? Uh, anything urgent? No, no. Uh, if anything, it's just good to be back. Okay. Well, in this episode, we're going to have a two-segment episode. The first one are continuing reviews of Gundam Build Fighters. We're going to be covering episodes six through ten, and then um, I get uh, you know to continue to continue on from our episode one thirty five. We're going to be doing uh, the remainder cleanup of last year's uh, mailbag submissions. So uh, I'm sure if anybody's gone to the mailbag in the last uh, couple of weeks, they noticed that Chris closed it out. He closed it out because he wanted to just start anew with the new year. So uh, mailbag's coming back. We're just going to finish up what was in two thousand. 
13 and, and go from there. So we'll have some of that great stuff for you. Uh, before we begin, though, uh, just a couple of things. Um, uh, there was a post that I put up about possibly some uh, Gundam merchandise. I want everybody to go to it. Uh, it's more of a survey thing. Uh, I do ask for some information there. The only reason why I ask for that information is I'm trying to get kind of a logistics plan and, and trying to see uh, how feasible this is. So all you guys that have responded, that's great. Um, you know, urge some of your other friends to uh, respond if they haven't. Um, but I only want really serious entries here. And we're going to be trying to keep this in a, in a, in a price point that's going to be make sense for everybody. I mean, my God, uh, under 20 bucks is I think is pretty good because I'm sure you guys spend a little bit more when you go to your favorite cons. So, you know, but yeah, just go on that. Secondly, guys, please uh, read. We, I've redone some of the uh, posts regarding suggestions for like series and topic submissions and stuff for the please read those and kind of stay on topic um, I don't want to point anybody out on here but if there's a topic submission if you have something that you've personally done and it's not like just an overall generic thing and maybe there's something you're kind of pitching I would say in the future if you want us to possibly talk about it and this is not a guarantee is just give us all an email you know copy us all three of us on an email so everybody gets it and and because this has happened in the past, uh, so we, you know, we, we, we don't have a problem, you know, pitching something or talking about something that's out there. But look, we're trying to kind of keep everything together now and, and, and make it a little bit easier because in the past, some of these threats have just become, you know, very massive. So uh, thank you for all your information. If you have any questions, please let me know. Guys, anything else before we go into some the first bit of Neo's Listener Submitted News articles for 2014 as I'm sauntering over to the Larry King <laughs> Memorial News Studio? Anything? Now I'm psyched for the news, man. All right. Here we go. As I'm now sitting in my anchor's chair in the Larry King Memorial News Studio. You are the king. You are the king. This is the first Neo's Listener Submitted News articles of 2014. If you ever have any articles, always go to the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And a little postscript before we begin, uh, there seems to be some issues right now with any news articles linked directly to Anime News Network. Uh, the three of us checked. It seems that that website site is down right now so if i skipped them hey sorry about that uh and if you have any entrance interest into looking at what's in those articles try at a later time so sorry about that guys but you know technology doesn't always win but the first one here is from rodimus 76 and this comes from the gundam guy blog which is actually working oh my gosh um and they has a little animated promo for mobile suit Crossbone Gundam Ghost Manga. I know Chris is very excited because we all know how much he loves any Crossbone uh, manga. So, Chris, you, have you seen this uh, animated short yet? Got oh, you excited? It needs to be a full OV. Hey, man. Crossbone, okay. best, best, best thing most people have never read. That and Sentinel, right? <laughs> that too. Thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Kaon73. And this is a very interesting way to propose uh, to your girlfriend. Uh, Sobro, did you do anything like this Street Fighter theme when you proposed to your wife? <laughs> Just some man in China. Like, there's not 
you know, he actually proposed to his girlfriend by using a giant Transformers replica of Opti- Optimus Prime. What? And it's actually pretty funny here. Yeah, it's on the Gizmodo. You go to the link. It's got a big uh, replica of Optimus, and he's got these big – he's holding up two pink scrolls, and it's in Chinese. So I don't know what it says, but let me see if they have a translation down here. Blah, 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 blah. Nah, I don't see anything, but she said yes. So that's a pretty <laughs> interesting way of uh, doing that. Chris, uh, whenever you decide to propose to your girlfriend, are you just going to throw a beer at her and say, hey, let's do this? Is that how you're going to do it? <laughs> the dentist way? <laughs> that, that doesn't sound bad. Um, another way is uh, there was this guy who's a game developer, and he created a fake game that he wanted his girlfriend to beta test, and mm-hmm. by the time she got to the end, that's when the proposal popped up. Wow. And that's yeah, the actually made that. game available online to play. That's pretty phenomenal. That's pretty phenomenal, yes. <laughs> or flow nominal. Flow exactly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, wow. Okay. I think cool. I'm just gonna have a beer bottle with a with, with a uh, with a rose sticking out of it. That's it. There you go. <laughs> An empty one, right? <laughs> An empty one, which I'm gonna drink right before I put the rose inside of it. And the wedding oh. ring. I mean and the and the engagement ring inside. Yes. <laughs> All right. There you go. I hope she's not I hope she's not listening. I know she's not, but so romantic. Yes. I I am known for my romanticism. All right. It's better it's better than that rose in a ring sitting on the bottom of your vomit after a hard night of drinking. Nice. So it's a lot better than that. So thank you, Mr. Kaon seventy three, for your submission. Oh my god, this is a news first. I just vetted an article before I started reading it. Oh. And uh, the reason why I did this is because I remember back uh, when uh, Chris beat me once off uh, off air about any articles uh, from io9 that are by a guy is it rob frickin right oh no yes not to read those right because <laughs> well at least at least uh, a very healthy dose of skepticism and lamentation for his typos oh, okay so we can so we can go so we can go with this and then okay well this this one oh this is our first submission of 2014 from an evil australian which one do you think it is guys Solbro, who do you think well i'm looking at the chat the, the thing so i can't really say because I, I already know chris <laughs> who do you think unless you're looking at the thing i'm not looking at the thing who do you think? Which which of the two major evil Australians, the most dangerous of them all? Either Moo or Vent. I'm gonna go with Vent. Yes, you are correct, sir. <laughs> you won. And it's coming from IO9, and it's by the Chris's favorite journalist on that whole site, and he says the biggest mistakes, blunders, and bad ideas of 2013. Oh shit. One of them. Yeah, some of them are here. DC hires or- Orson Scott Card creates peon PR nightmare. So. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but uh, oh, well, you know, I did read that. that list. It actually is a bad screw up on DC's part. One of many of DC's screw ups throughout 2013. It has been a so I, I've actually had some decent stuff on that list. Oh my god! Yeah, I've, I've I've seen. I know this one. The next one, which is DC forbids Batwoman's uh, gay marriage, continues PR nightmare. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, uh, the uh, first case, what they 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 hired uh, noted bigot Orson Scott Card to pen a Superman story. Oh, okay. But then, with all the controversy that that generated, none of the artists wanted to work on it, and they just sort of had to um, sort of quietly non-cancel, cancel, like, we are going to release it at some point, meaning never. Is that kind of like having the guys from Duck Dynasty do a, a movie about the civil rights struggle in the 60s? 
Is that similar? Because you know, pretty much that would that would be that would be on the sort of the same level. It's like, you, okay. do you want like such a noted racist and homophobe writing yes. a Superman story? It's like no. that it just doesn't doesn't compute. Does not compute. Well, let's go to some happier stuff then. Or I guess I don't know. This might be a bonder. I don't know because I didn't see this, but mm-hmm. I think the whole rest of the world saw this. The BBC and Stephen Moffat blow Doctor Who's 50th anniversary. Chris, you're on. What was this about? <laughs> I know about the 50th anniversary, but um, referencing here. So, how was this blown? The the specific the specific complaint there is that it should have been like a bigger deal and had like even more things going on. But oh. We got, I mean, we got the anniversary special that brought back David Tennant. We got uh, um, this docudrama about the creation of the show, which actually is really good and is worth watching, called An Adventure in Space and Time. Mm-hmm. We got this, like, this um, faux documentary about um, all of these past old doctors desperately trying to get into the 50th anniversary special and failing miserably. Mm, okay. So I mm-hmm. I don't know how much like more people wanted. I heard about the end with the with the infamous sneeze. Okay. Uh, I, how did that how did that strike it's you? It's not I, you know mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the 50th anniversary because that's the Christmas special. Oh. So they're here. Oh, oh, my my way to go way to go, Sol, bro. I, I thought I thought the way to stay, stay on bro. topic. I, was, I, I don't, I don't just, know. What just like 2013, 12, 11, 10. Look, look son, doc, look son, Doctor Who. <laughs> hey, I finished. I only know one doctor because I only finished that one season mm-hmm. with uh, Christopher Eccleston. And I don't know if I want to go to another doctor. Oh man! He's no, so cool. you you you're gonna want to, but uh, we'll see. Uh, don't All listen right, to the well, interwebs. Next next one here. Sci-Fi spends a hundred million dollars to create OK TV series Defiance. I don't even know what that is, but I'm sure. Wow, it's just God. Sci-Fi spent a hundred million dollars on an OK TV series. What no, they mm-hmm. what they do with Battlestar Galactica? Give give it nothing, or they well, give it well, almost that, that cost million. also includes a uh, console game. Yep. Oh, I see type. that. Yeah. Yep. There's an MMORPG tie-in and. Uh, I guess the TV show is meant to accompany it, and uh, it it started out pretty bad, or, or or pretty lackluster. But it's 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 been it's been warming up, and and people are getting used to it now, and and finding this finding a fan base is just so. So are you telling me that a tie-in, a movie or series tie-in game, for the most part, they don't work out, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is, is that the limb you're going out on? No, for, no, no, no. For most of the time, they don't work out. It's just. <laughs> We'll move on because the it next was an one experiment is, that had uh, lukewarm, uh, luke, lukewarm, uh, 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 an outcome that was lukewarm. Okay, so. all right. But anyway, eloquent. Uh, company spilling <laughs> DVD, Blu-ray extras. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really care about extras, so it, did this affect you guys during this this year? The companies are splitting Blu-ray, DVD extras. I guess they're. Uh, it's happening uh, more and more. One of the biggest yeah. cases was Into Dumbness, yeah. which had about a kajillion different views depending on the retailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also happened, I believe, with Pacific Rim and yeah. some other titles so it's becoming a bigger problem with uh these marquee triple a releases that they're doing these multiple versions just like how similarly there's been this thing in music industry it's like oh if you buy the album at target there's this bonus track but if you buy it on itunes iTunes, yeah you get two if you buy on amazon then there's this other bonus track and but then there's just no 
definitive version of anything, so it's very annoying and I don't like it. Uh, did any of these uh, extra versions or different versions of Into Dumbness, was there ever one that was not a complete ripoff of Rathacon? <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna have to keep looking. Well, okay, so <laughs> just to give you an idea of how just to give you an idea of how fractured this is, mm-hmm. you know, the director's commentary is a the audio commentary is a pretty standard feature. It's been around since Laserdiscs right. and you know heavily on DVDs and Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. You cannot find that on any of the copies sold in any stores. It's only available on iTunes. That's stupid. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you would have to buy all of these different physical versions to get all these documentaries that they cut up to put onto these different releases. And then on top of that, buy the movie all over again on iTunes if, if you wanted to hear about um, you know loud noises and um, lens flare. Lens flare. Oh. Oh, speaking of so, lens flare, this goes really right good job there, Paramount. <laughs> this goes right to the next one here. Disney decides to rush a new Star Wars sequel. Well, good luck on that. Well, let's not even talk about that because that's going to be made. The lens flare be with you. It don't even <laughs> seem like Russian. I mean, I've seen movies made in less time. Well, no, it's not going to be Russian. What do Russians have to do with it? It's going to be made here in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, there's no <laughs> Russians involved. There's, there's no exactly, Russians in there. Exactly. You well, know, it says here. It mm-hmm. says here a late 2015 release date. Yeah. And it got the moved up from be... the summer of 2015 right. to, to the late is... 2015. So, you know, they even got more time to work on it. Uh, right. No, that well, would be moved back, Sobro, not moved Oh, yeah. sorry, moved move back. <laughs> moved up with me. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I, yeah, I, I, but it's only a few months, and the scr- the final script has yeah. not even been completed yet. Yeah. And this, m- this movie of this nature has a lot of pre-production, lot of and then you got to film it and then do all the post-production. So yeah. you think it's a lot of time? It's, it's nowhere not. near as much time as you would think. It's it's. It's less than two years, man, from this point on. I mean, this article is written on 1230, and he's saying here, yeah, the script won't even be turned until next month, which means the month that we're in, if not, you know, the end of this month or February. So right. that doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah. But. And it, with this sort of production schedule, you might see something happen like, well, maybe they don't go through as many... Uh, drafts as they normally would. Maybe yeah. they make the mistake of starting to film without having a completed script. So there is a lot of potential for bad things to happen with such a huge rush on a massive production like this. I'm sure there is, but at the but same time... But of course, I'm going to wait and see. Yeah, at the same time, I think with the deadline, they're going to put out a lot... They're going to have the chance to... With that pressure behind them, they I, I think it's going to spur them to to make a lot of the right decisions. And on top of you that... You say that, but, but this okay. is Hollywood. Yeah. It's, it's Hollywood, Do you but, remember, you uh, remember a movie called X-Men The Last Stand? I do, but uh, that, that movie was a piece of shit, and... <laughs> Yeah, and you want to know why? Because the head of uh, Fox Studios said, come hell or high water, that movie's coming out in 2006, even though we lost um, Brian Singer as a director, and yeah. then we had Matthew Vaughn, and he left, and then we got freaking Brett Ratner. Yeah, but come hell or high High water, no matter how the script is or who's directing it, that movie comes out in 2006. So you assume that, but you'd be wrong because yeah, this is Hollywood. But other and movies, quality mm-hmm. is not important. I, I can just say that I think Avengers was made on the same timetable, like you know, two years. It, you know, they even though they they were they were planning years, as though. I mean, with, if you but look at the two, previous it's, movies, it's not it's not two years though because if they haven't started production now, right now is January twenty. 2014. This is being released the end, the late 2015. Yeah, that's pre- not two. That's not two years, man. That's probably 
that's probably like a year and a half at the most. Pre-production do... for a movie is, is the longest portion of the movie. It's easily the longest portion. Pre-production for this movie has started since end of 2012. So that's already yeah. a whole but year. But don't forget the post-production mm-hmm. with all of the effects work that this is going to require, yeah, plus that, yeah. um, reshoots, plus pickups, plus all of that stuff. This yeah. is a huge, huge endeavor, these Star Wars movies. So yeah. this is and the, and a there's lot no... less time than your suit. And there's no incentive to make it good because, unfortunately, the fan base will go out and see it regardless. And and even if they don't like it, when the Blu-rays come out, they'll bitch and buy, and buy all those too. Because I, I think uh, let's, let's example, not kid ourselves. Let's mm-hmm. let's not kid ourselves. There's a perspective on this, and they are right. It's going to be the train wreck effect of Episode One all over again. Yeah. Because Episode One, no matter how good or bad it would have been, and we all know it was bad, yeah. people were going to see it because it was the first new Star Wars movie in 16 years. Absolutely. With this movie, people are going to see it whether it's good or bad, just because they want to see. If it's good or bad. All I know is careers. So it mm-hmm. could be a complete piece of junk, and it's going to make a lot of money regardless, careers, as far as Disney's concerned. And careers then they'll get ride. It, then they'll get it right the next time. All I know is careers ride on this movie being good. I mean, J.J. Abrams could get laughed out of Hollywood if this movie is shit. Oh, let's, so let's it, hope. It, it is his, let's hope. Okay. It, it, it is his. Dude, uh-huh. you're, dude, 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 uh-huh. dude. Right. You're assuming way too much. <laughs> I mean, how many movies out there are horrible right. yeah. that make a lot of money so you and the directors are still uh, making lots of movies? That's fine. Unless but, the movie is a catastrophic failure. Which, it doesn't matter if it's a bad movie, but as long as it's not a financial failure. It won't be a catastrophic J- failure. J.J. Abrams ain't getting laughed at it anywhere. That's true. That's true. It's going to make money regardless. I guess that's what's guaranteed. I mean, but, just just look at uh, look at hacks like uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, he still, he still makes Every money regardless. Every Resident Evil movie. Oh my is god. worse than the previous one, yet each movie makes more money than the previous more one. Money. So don't remind me. <laughs> but no and, I, and and I'm not going to invoke the the name of of uh, of a certain sir that some people might also use as an example, but there is that as well. I I, th- oh, I I just honestly think that the deadline is a good thing. Lucas had a ton of time to work on the prequels, it's and they not. turn out, they turn out to be shit. And I've seen good movies be made. Well, in that's, this because he, um, that's that are, because that are of he this budget. Shit. Yeah, he well, he turned he, to shit too. A, he turned to yeah, shit. He's a it's bad not, writer. Yeah, it's not the amount of time. Let me right. t- let me tell you something about deadlines, Solbro. Mm-hmm. As someone who works oh, yeah. with deadlines every single week, every day, <laughs> deadlines <laughs> only mean so much when you have a certain number of people working on something. True. And someone else, as you know, another person he, that does deadlines, sometimes there comes a point where there's so much there that you have to extend the deadline, yeah. and you still don't catch up, and you still don't always end up doing the best quality that you could have done because so many things. I mean, especially when a there is there is a point where a deadline's unrealistic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you have yeah. to and scope this is it. The dead, you have and to this... scope it down, you, and that's and that's what they may do. They before, may scope it down. Before and that's we move considering on. that, mm-hmm. and that's considering that the winter 2015 date is the extension because they were pushing for summer, yeah. but then they threw out the script that was being originally written because Disney is hell bent on this movie coming out in 2015 for their financials, no matter what. Yeah. So that is the problem. When a studio, mm-hmm. deadline's not a bad thing, but when a studio insists, come hell or high water, no matter how many problems there are or where the production is, that it has to come out by a certain year just because we want it to reflect on our financials, mm-hmm. then the movie will suffer. Well, it really does. My right. example, again, Last Stand. <laughs> Had to come out by 20, oh, 2006 because Fox said so. 
and look what a piece of shit that movie was. And, and they're and they're going to do it as early as they can to maximize it. If they're looking at it on a revenue basis, yeah. if they're staying late, they're going to want to try to get that at in October as much as they can, so they can get you know the, those holiday weekends and all that stuff. So yeah, it's well, I believe I they already set a, a date in November or December, so yeah, it's, it's already, already set. that's yeah. already set. Matter of fact, they had to move the uh, the release of um of World of Warcraft, the movie that's going to be uh the live action movie for that. Uh, um, from where they were going to release it in November because the date was already set for Star Wars. So, um, but I, I, and I know they also that, pushed up Ant Man to the summer. They did, they did. All I know is Kathleen Kennedy tried to get this movie pushed to 2016. She couldn't, and so you know they ended up deciding on this on this date. And I don't know. I I, I honestly still think at the back of my mind. I know it takes a long time for movies to come out, but the filming part is the shortest part. It's the pre-production and the post-production that take the most time, so they need to get to filming this movie soon, and yeah. so that they can. Which is they can why there'll be more pressure to get the script done. Yeah, they got faster, which means, like I said before, maybe they don't do as many drafts as they normally would, and if yeah. you don't do as many drafts as you normally would, maybe you go filming with a crappy draft, hey. which is how you end up with movies like Revenge of the Fallen and Dead Man's Chest. What they need to do is get a punch-up writer like Patton Oswalt on the set. <laughs> Then we'll be all good because he loves Star Wars. That's my solution. That's not always a solution either. <laughs> but um, okay, well, I'm just gonna finish up these last two. The, la- the last, the last couple are uh, I didn't know about this. Uh, Riddick gets an R rating to show a Starbucks boobs. Didn't and I know saw them. Are they nice? <laughs> no comment. Okay. Uh, Cartoon Network cancels Young Justice because it appeals to girls. Oh, that's uh, it. Oh, my didn't, God. Didn't know about that. I thought they just canceled it for whatever reason. Uh, Weinstein decides to dumb down Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. And the last one here. Oh, how appropriate. The Secret of Khan. Oh, God. All right. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Mr. Ventnoir, <laughs> for your submission. Uh, <laughs> the next one here. Oh, my God. This is it. Oh, the first one of the year. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn it. Is America so robophobic? And it comes from Robo Lizard 222. Your boy. A little robot apocalypse. Yes. He has an article here coming from ScienceDaily.com. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into it too much, but the headline alone just freaks me the hell out. Mind reading robots coming ever closer. There you go. Not good. Not good. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Robot Lizard. Robo Lizard 222, and I got my eyes on you. Coming ever closer to reality or coming ever closer to you personally? <laughs> I'm not even going to get in there. I, I'm just, you know, I'm just nothing. Every, everything is being – no networking here. No networking in this place. Mm-hmm. Next couple of uh, articles, once again, like I said earlier, and it's still not working, Anime News Network. Um, and some of them did not have extensive um, explanations on them, so I'm not going to go to them. So just check them out when you get a chance. Next one here comes from Wielder. This does come from the Anime News Network, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just a buddy complex. The Blu-ray is going to have English subtitles for the release in Japan. So um, go to your uh, Amazon Japan for that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the next one here comes from EA Net Dude. <laughs> and EA Net Dude's a funny guy. He says, Foodimation Fudge. to simulcast this year's generic <laughs> high schooler stumbles into cockpit mecha show, Buddy Complex. 
and he got this from the Funimation Facebook page. Well, no why doubt. would Funimation say something about Funimation? I swear to what? God, Elliot, he's giving me shit in <laughs> everything he does. Shout out to you, Elliot. Thank you for, uh, for, for of course, um, keeping Funimation alive every day. Hey, you, you keep providing the hits, man, so... <laughs> I, I'm well, not. thank you, <laughs> Mr. that dude, for your submission. And uh, oh, oh, so bro, hit the alert button. This oh, has got to be a long one. The first one of the year. Hell hit yes, it. Hit let's it. go. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh my God, that's bullshit. What the? Yes, the first survey news alert of the year, and this is, of course, the one that everybody's talking about. Survey once again making history, making front page headlines everywhere. Everybody's heard about Survey's uh, imaginative and creative way to get people talking about these new Samsung HD televisions. <laughs> when he was giving this press conference here, I'm going to go into my Don Draper mode. Just picture this: Michael Survey walks up and he acts like the teleprompter doesn't work. Quickly over there, a guy switches off and 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 puts up jibbity jabber up on the uh, on the teleprompter, so it, it, it solidifies the fact that he can't read it. And he says, "I can't do this." Once again, front page new. New York Times, Wall Street Journal, everywhere. Yes. So, I, yes, everybody's heard about this. Survey had a little bit of a technology boo-boo uh, at the CES press conference for some Samsung ginormous televisions. Nice. Um, it was like I was telling uh, Sopro and Chris, in a way, this probably was better than what he would actually say, uh, the prepared speech, because probably nobody would have cared about this <laughs> that much. And this is on every friggin' well, website here. So uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Flame X, for your submission. He stole, he now, stole, from, the, he stole from the Ron Burgundy playbook. <laughs> exactly. You know, in reference to that, I saw a picture on Facebook that you, Neo, might um, get a laugh out of or not. Mm -hmm. So uh, the top picture is a uh, survey, and it says, you know, teleprompter malfunctions uh, has to leave stage. Picture underneath that, Teddy Roosevelt gets shot, finishes speech. Oh, damn. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it is true though. He, he, he is. did get shot, and he finished the speech. So yeah, wow. Well, I mean, lucky. Luckily, the 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 pages from his speech helped the helped the um the pillow yeah, of the exactly. bullet going in. Yeah, he had he had a, yeah he had a thing. Survey didn't ha did not have his body armor on. So, but thank you, Mr. Flame X, for the first survey news alert of the year. And now to lay down the hammer of bay, uh -oh. uh, Mr. Mechton GM. You got no excuse here, son. You know the rules. You got to post. You got to review the post prior. You uh, you put up a little thing about this whole business with Survey and the CES news conference. Well, you know, thank you for that. But uh, I see what two posts above. Mr. Flame X did it. So uh, in the future, there, bud, check your sources. Do like I do. Check your sources. Make sure they're real. That's that's what a true journalist does. So. Uh, Thank you, though, for your submission, but, um, man, kind of disappointed in you. Is that message brought to you by Will McAvoy? <laughs> no. <laughs> they, they don't, but they don't check. They don't check. Oh, yeah, they do, because always conveniently, oh, yeah, I remember the person, my roommate in college has a friend whose brother is the CEO of BP, so I'll get the inside scoop. Yes. Oh, oh boy. Man. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait for that piece of crap to... Uh, Dude, no, really, I can't. So, bro, did you ever watch season two of um, the the network? Did you ever did did your body actually give in? Say, I will watch this piece of shit. To this day, I haven't. I I, I oh do, I do plan said, to watch it. Enough hey, said. Hey, hey, That's all I want to put on the. I want to put that on the Blu-ray box. I'm too busy. Two. I'm too. I'm too busy watching Arrow, son. 
<laughs> too busy watching good stuff. There you how go. About, how about finishing off the wire instead of uh, there you go. doing? There you go. Yeah, That's if true. you want to do something on um, that. So um, well said. So yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, oh wow, Bet Noir. Boy, did you luck out, man. Jeez. And I just clicked it just to check. Mm-hmm. And this will be the last news of the segment here. And this is from or Evil Australian Event Noir. And this is coming from the Anime News Network. It looks like that uh, page is now working, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to go back and read those other articles. So. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, but the live action uh, Pat Labor is going to feature real life mecha. It's saying here. It says that uh, Mamoru Oshii's live-action The Next Generation Pat Labor series and film project, they showed that they're going to have some real-life writable robots to serve as the labor robot that's going to appear alongside the uh, Ingram. It's the Karudas. And uh, so, yeah, it's got some pictures there. And there's also a um, there's a little bit of a video here. So they say after they're the Kurtas are on sale for about 1 million yen or about $1 million U.S. So um, there you go. Yeah, it's pretty um, pretty cool. So thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission, and thank you, everyone, for uh, submitting. And if you ever have any news articles, always post those to the NEOs listener submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And now to really just bring it down, uh, we're going to go over to Solbro and the Hopers and Dreamers Corner Come on, Solbro. I can't wait for the blind illusions to begin. Please, bring them away. Whose hope and dream is going to be crushed first here in by Chris in uh, 2014, Solbro? Well, it's... Uh, it's- <laughs> His new, his new submitter veteran, Flame X, and also oh. uh, a very gifted uh, video editor as well. I've seen some of his work on YouTube, man. Guy's got skills, man. Shout out to Flame X. Uh, for guys, for y'all that, that don't know, um, the Hopers and Dreamers Corner is a segment in the first uh, part of the show where we, uh, why, um, where people post their submissions for the hopes and dreams that they have. And if you want to submit yours, head on over to mechatalk.net and find a thread for the Hopers and Dreamers Corner and go ahead and post there and you'll get it read on a future episode of Gundam at MAHQ. I'm going to be just like a boxing rep. Chris, Mm -hmm. are you ready to crush? (laughs) Solbro, are you ready to promote a hope and dream? Let's get it on. Let's go. Ding, ding. All right. Flame X is, of course, our first submitter and he writes... I hope and dream that consumers will stop buying into Aniplex's USA, Aniplex USA's overpriced crap so the company can either learn how to market their products in a, uh, the American way or they can GTFO, he writes in capital letters. It's frustrating to see some of my favorite anime taken like hostages by these people since I could never afford them. Remember that Garden of Sinners Blu-ray that sold for 500 plus dollars? What? <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, the fact that those sold out within a month or so still blows my mind. The ho- this hope and dream most likely won't happen because to Aniplex USA, why fix what's not broken? And he ha- he he ends it with a uh, a sad face. And Didn't he yeah, just crush his own hope and dream. He did. He he he, <laughs> he slid into it nice and gentle. And yeah, he he just came into that stark realization that Chris he- uh, Chris, your your comment on this. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm completely for this so <laughs> i can't crush this because aniplex well, he sucks crushed I, I, yeah. he crushed himself I, so 
wanted Garden of Sinners, but I wasn't going to shell out $500 for it. Awesome. And, you know, I'm not going to shell out the ridiculous amount of money they want for the Gurren Lagann Blu-rays <clears throat> that they're re-releasing now. And sadly, uh, probably won't be buying Kill the Kill since they're going to be releasing that too. Oh, so, no! Uh, oh, damn it, son. Yeah. Now, uh, this Garden of Sinners Blu-ray set that was for 500 bucks was it just the Blu-rays or was it anything else? It was No, it was like an uber-fancy Japanese release with you know like the book and the fancy box. So basically, it was an import release at an import price. It wasn't oh, okay. like a domestic release. Wow, okay. but I still. Mean, let me get this straight: Is Garden of, Garden of Sinners an OVA or a TV show? It's an OVA. Okay. Um, and how many episodes do you do you recall? How many episodes it was? Technically, like an OVA movie thing, sort of like Broken Blades. So oh. there were seven episodes. Um, they were an hour each for a couple of them, but then some of them were two hours each. And then there was an extra, uh, like a compilation thing, and then like an extra epilogue. So there's a good amount of content, but not $500 worth. Damn, son. I, I don't even know what to say to this, except for people are meeting the price point, and that blows because you figure if no one. I know a chump who bought this. Wow, is that Peter? No. Oh he, man, he's he's not that much of a chump. Oh damn, <laughs> he's forked out. Ex- he's sto- he's forked he, out extravagant he prices better. before. Yeah, even he knows better. <laughs> even he knows better. Damn. Well, we won't we won't put that cat on blast. But um, yeah, Aniplex is uh they're meeting the pr- the people are meeting the price point. So until that changes, until we people straight up say this is too much for us, um, you're not gonna see much of a change, and that sucks because I'm enjoying Kill the Kill, and um, to know that that's gonna come out at some ridiculous ridiculously inflated price we don't know that it's going to be at some ridiculous price but i think we can safely assume as much yeah if anything i won't get my hopes up oh oh did i say that during this segment damn <laughs> that's it it's over it's over oh, hopes and dreams is over we just bodied the segment you just you, <laughs> you, you, you and someone said your name i did <laughs> you said your own name is it i looked at i had a hard look in the mirror but uh Flamex, thank you for the submission. Keep the keep the faith alive, brother. Keep it alive. But um, next up is a uh, submission from Silver underscore August, and um, he writes here. I hope for an announcement that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure anime will continue because, dear God, that snippet of Dio's coffin and Jotaro's cold stare were just the ultimate tease. And then, he, of course, he writes an update on October 21st. Dreams do come true. And indeed, they do because uh, they recently announced that uh, season three or series three is going to start airing in April the 4th, which I'm highly excited for. So can't crush that hope and dream. It's actually happening. Good shit, Silver August. We got to win. Put one in well, the win column. I don't, I don't count, care though. about JoJo anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't care about really... JoJo anyway, so I wouldn't even bother trying to crush it. There you go. But whatever. <laughs> you want to count it as a win, go ahead. I will. I will. I don't really count that as a win. Hey, man. It's coming. So, you know, if anything, at the time he wrote it, it was a hope and dream because we had no idea it was coming. Yeah, uh, but then he updated it. He did. He did. But he he kept it there, and I'm glad he did. But uh, thank you very much, Silver August. Next up is AJQ32. And uh, his submission reads... My hope and dream is is there to be a basic cable anime channel that every network would carry. I'm sick. Of- <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me, don't, don't, even, don't even continue. So, he's been waiting all this time. He's been no, waiting since no, April no, the no, 9th no. of the, last the first, year. Hey, that on, first sentence said enough. There's more. Hey, who, There's more. He who's, said, who's, uh-huh. Whose fault is it that he's waiting that long? Hey, huh? man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he continues. I'm sick and Who's tired. Is it? Hey. <laughs> 
you know, one of the days we're gonna have a hope and dreamers blow, a blowout too, and then y'all y'all have to suffer sure. through it. There you go. I'm sick and tired of hearing about some new anime channel and finding out that it's a pay per view channel like HBO and that none of my local carrier carriers have it. It's about time we got a channel that doesn't cost extra to get. I think the reason why these pay to view anime channels always fail is because people are not willing to pay extra to watch anime when they can get it for free through methods or by getting it cheaper from streaming services like Netflix. If it was a channel they got with their basic cable or satellite, then they would do a lot better. And uh, that's what he wrote. And uh, just to answer that, it, it would be nice, but the way how much those channels cost to run nowadays, the cost of uh, uh, having a channel is is even a basic cable channel is a whole lot. And for a, a niche thing like anime, it, it's really tough to uh, for it to find an audience when you do have the internet in competition um, and people to tune in at a certain time to watch a show. That was that was cool back in the '90s, but man, um, I I don't I'm not even I do that now. I DVR everything, uh, even with actually popular shows that are on TV. So I, I don't know. Um, I'd like to see a dream come true, but that's a tough one, Chris. Okay, here's how I'm I'm gonna set you a scene as I answer this one. Oh shit! So imagine we're seeing fire fireplace, and I'm Grandpa, and AJQ32 is uh, my grandson, Uh-oh. and I'm like, son. Here, have a Warther's original uh, butterscotch candy, mm-hmm. and then let me date, lay down some truth on you. Oh, this is this is not the year two thousand; <laughs> it's the year twenty fourteen. <laughs> Streaming is the way things are now. Yeah. yeah. End of story. And, no and, cable channels. And you should support like cable channels are cable channels are a thing of the past. Yeah. We're moving to a streaming model and, and it is just far too niche a thing to justify the massive cost of getting carried on all of these cable channels mm-hmm. and also getting all of this content because I'm going to end up being dubbed most of it and it's only going to be the safe thing. So you Say yes that you think you'd do better if it was on basic cable, but you have no idea of the cost involved with it. So yeah. no, it would not do better. Here, you have a better chance of getting out there with streams, whether it's on a service like Hulu or Netflix or Dicey or whatever, or if it's hosted by the company themselves like Foodimation. So this is the way it is now. <laughs> I, I work for a cable company personally, and I, every, every year we have contract uh, renegotiations. And, you know, there's these big, um, huge companies that own a multitude of channels. And at, at that point in time, a lot of cable providers would pick and choose what channels they want to keep and which ones they don't. And I noticed something with a, a, a former niche channel that you guys pretty much well know, and that's G4. A lot of carriers stopped, a lot of cable providers wanted to stop carrying that channel because nobody was watching it. Not a soul. And it's not because of the bad programming that was on that channel, but, uh, that was one of the but big also, reasons. But also, there is also. Mm-hmm. bad programming on channel yeah oh yeah that's one of the big reasons but <laughs> uh, even even the good shows were so niche that a lot of people weren't watching them so you know people thought a lot of the cable providers thought that it was a waste of time to carry that channel case in point with uh, i think dish stopped carrying that channel and there was uh there was a there was a little bit of blowback for that but not that much because they never went back to yeah. it and eventually other people stopped carrying it too and then it tried to change its format and nothing I came of that so I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice it was not on cable anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still around, it's but it's all because it's it. It, mm-hmm. because it's trash. It is. <laughs> it's all reruns but now. I don't think it has anything new on it anymore. Here's the other th- mm-hmm. thing: uh, the American anime industry is so small mm-hmm. that all of these remaining companies combined just don't have the resources to get major national pickup for a cable channel. Yeah, you just. 
it just does not get, just doesn't happen. It's not going to happen with companies that small with uh, the resources that they have, which are very limited. Even with the few animes that come on uh, Adult Swim or or Toonami, they don't they don't get the pop that they used to. So e- even with the, on the channel that is somewhat known, it's hard for anime to strike a chord on that. You really should be excited for for, for venues like Daisuke and Crunchyroll because those are the new cable channels of the future. Those are the places you can go to support anime and with cable channels of the future in your home right now. It's like I've transitioned from television which I still watch but not as much as I'm involved with the internet and being on my computer for the most part and and I you know I do a lot of streaming. So I, I honestly think they're already where the future is and they're t- they're taking a hold now so that way they can build an audience and then more people can watch anime and have access to it. So don't worry man, it's it's yeah. just transitioned from TV to the internet, and it's in this weird limbo state. Well, a weird transition state until you know. Eventually, they'll 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 get the audience that they that those shows hopefully do deserve. So it it just takes but, time. And, but and just to but further cable. add to the point, mm-hmm. I'm sure you two have heard of Al Jazeera America. Yeah, yeah, I have it. Yeah, cable channel which uh, resulted from Al Jazeera buying. Um, Al Gore's crappy current, current, uh, TV. current TV that nobody, that nobody watched. Nobody. So <laughs> the cable carriers, they all dumped current because they had a clause in their contracts that they could drop it. Mm-hmm. They got bought out by the, and they had you know bad viewership numbers. So Al Jazeera, which has tons and tons of money mm-hmm. to throw at this, and which has a worldwide brand that is well known, especially in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all the news about the Arab Spring and their coverage on the ground, even with all of their funding and resources, they are having an uphill struggle getting carried on all of um, the cable carriers. As far as I recall, I don't watch cable that often anymore, but mm-hmm. uh, down here in AT&T universe, I do not be- in South Florida, I do not believe we have Al Jazeera America. We just got it on Bright House so, and Time Warner. We just got it. So, And that's after years of them trying to get on us. So, I mean, that's a pretty amazing. I always heard about, I, the first time I ever heard of Al Jazeera was when I watched the, uh, the, the pilot of Lost and it was a joke. Uh, it was, a, it was, it was a butt of a joke in that story where, um, Sawyer thought it was a, a terrorist group and then Charlie had to correct him and say, it's a news network. <laughs> so that was the first well, time I anyway. heard of it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been around for a long time and we just got it on our, 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 our stations and I, I think it's pretty cool. Well, that's, that's, that's a separate thing because that's mm-hmm. just, that's, that was Al Jazeera International. This is mm-hmm. Al Jazeera America, which is a totally separate network. So yeah. that's not the same thing. True. But anyway, if some, if a channel with that, if a network with that many resources is having trouble getting on um, cable providers, a whimsical unicorn anime channel is not going to be happening. And by unicorn, I mean magical unicorns, not Gundams. Oh, damn it. <laughs> well, the, the cable channels now, they're all online. I mean, we, I, I have, um, I have a, the TWC thing, the app now, where mm-hmm. I can watch all my things on my iPhone and stuff. I can watch all my, uh, my cable TV, uh, all my channel offerings on my phone. Hell yeah. It's freaking awesome, man. <laughs> so that's that's the way it's going. So it, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll still be around, but they're just going to be in different ways, and it won't be like what we thought. So, But yeah, I agree. This magical thing of the anime. And there's also so many ways of getting anime now, mm-hmm. even with these streaming things. Like, is it really that big of a deal? I mean, I understand every so often there might be something that you're really looking to get, yeah. and yeah. you know you get that the way you want to get it, but... Um, you know, there's there's so many offerings now, a lot more than there was like three years ago. So, 
TV's I, I, I can't I don't I don't see too much of a complaint about it. So <laughs> TV's any, and, mm-hmm. hmm? oh I was just gonna no, say, just say any more of these uh No, we got we got one more, but I just want to close this out by saying TV's evolving by the second and um we're even getting animes that are translated, you know, the day of release in Japan with subtitles <laughs> or even with uh with, with, with dubs like Space Dandy is coming out here before Japan. So, you know, that's this we live in pretty phenomenal times and I would just look to the internet uh, to to get your to get your anime fix and and other people will too but uh thank you very much for your submission ajq32 it was awesome thank you and uh last but not least this closes out page four um is a submission from fodder and fodder writes dear soul bro i'm a big miniatures gamer and i only wish that there was a game out there where i could recreate battles in the macross universe Something like a box set where you get everything you'd need for you and a buddy to defend Earth or play for the side of the dastardly Zentradi. Oh, wait, you can. And then uh, apparently there's a Kickstarter um, for a Robotech RPG tactics game, which holy shit. Um, looking at it now, because this has been around, uh, I guess the Kickstarter was uh, started a while ago. It uh, raised over a million dollars and um uh, over and they're, th- what they were looking for was seventy thousand dollars so it looks like hope, looks like that hope and dream is coming true um he writes uh fully funded in the first three hours and reaching two stretch goals in the first 12 hours take that crossbone gundam <laughs> i have a question now okay, uh, yeah. bro with some oh, of these so hopes and... I, I i gotta i gotta jump in here go ahead you can't keep listing his wins things that already happened before I see you trying to be like, sneaky here. Uh, I see. You know what? I like one slide, but no, I'm taking that back. And you can't have this one either. No. Oh, Sorry. okay. Trying to be tricky. Trying to be tricky. No, no. I, I am reading this literally. I promise. I know, you that. but the but the thing is, is like you're <laughs> circumventing the whole thing of the hope and dream. Like you say, the hope and dream crushes it. We'll crush it, man. That now all we're hearing is shit of it. That's cool. <laughs> uh, uh, we have we have a we have this we have this hope and dream. Oh, by the way, this happened, you know, a month later. Cause... Well, the thing is, is this wasn't edited, so he kind of cheated with his submission because this is not so much a hope and a dream, but a reality now. Um, un- unless they, this doesn't for some reason come out, but um, uh, the first one it was an edit towards the end uh, with Silver August, so I give him credit for that. But only this one... only the news can be read without preparation. <laughs> You need we're to gonna, start for preparing. We're going to lay down a new rule. Uh huh. Yeah. New new house rule, Sobro. Mm-hmm. You cannot count as a win in your column. I'm not counting hopes and dreams. I'm not going to count into fruition before we even got to them. <laughs> I'm not going to count this as a win at all. Um, I, I'll count the JoJo as a win because he clearly posted that. No, before. I'm taking that back. Taking uh-huh. that back. No, there's no. <laughs> I, I, I contest that only because it's dated April 5th and the news broke out on August. Oh, shit. October You're still 21st. in April. Yeah, you're in April, April. 2013. Exactly. That's a stretch of how many months? Ooh, a ton. Oh my. So, but the Robotech wow, one wait. completely not mine. I can't take. I can't take that as a win column because oh that shit. Gosh. That shit was settled in three hours. So, and he put this up All knowing right, we'll, this. Move on. But that's move it. On. That's that's the end of it. That, thank, no, you, well, thank, that, thank you, Soul Bro, and and, and well, hopefully that, we'll hey, get I, back I, to. Thank you, Father, for your submission. First off, and then back back to you, Neil. Don't care. <laughs> Well, thank you, Soul Bro, for that, and uh, let's hopefully we um, do a little vetting. There you <laughs> In go. The future. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> before we uh, go to our first topic, mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna have the first old timey news drama of 2014 with Chris. So go ahead, Chris. <laughs> oh, as as he's waiting, uh, I would like to cross promote the fact that the latest episode of Chaos Theater. What oh, episode yes. number is that, uh, Chris? That's a special number 
25? Six. Six. six or five. It's six or five. It's in the vein of the old-timey news drama hour. So go ahead, Chris. Our first submission comes from Zero the Last Night. So we have something here. For the benefit of Mr. Kite, there will be a show tonight on trampoline. The Hendersons will all be there late of Pablo Fanquess's fair. What a scene. Over men and horses, hoops and garters, lastly through a hog's head of real fire. In this way, Mr. K will challenge the world. The band begins at 10 to 6 when Mr. K performs his tricks without a sound. And Mr. H will demonstrate 10 somersets he'll undertake on solid ground. Having been some days in preparation, a splendid time is guaranteed for all. And tonight, Mr. Kite is topping the bill. <laughs> Anybody know where that's from? <laughs> no idea. God, they need to start putting. They need to start citing sources, man. It'd be nice. No, no, no. I think I think, I think it's fine. I don't want to know because you may actually hear it down there. Well, the, the the next the next one will be really apparent from oh, Phylos Master. Nice. Heroic Earthling Flash Gordon saves the world from the nefarious Ming the Merciless in this lavish, intentionally campy adaptation of the famous sci-fi comic strip. Mm. Ming has developed a plan to destroy the Earth, and Flash and his attractive companion, Dale Arden, are called upon to stop him. Along the way, Flash must battle Ming's goons and the temptations of a luscious space princess. Flash. Ah, savior of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Insert queen. I don't think that. I don't think that's how that ah should go. <laughs> hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. Art, artistic license. There you go. <laughs> you, you sounded more like Charlton. I didn't Heston. read it in advance, so I didn't. No, he did that on purpose. <laughs> ah. Ah. There you go. That's the spirit. Take a dump. <laughs> Next, we have Arbiter. That Gunning. movie's still crap. Damn. It is. There's no saving, Neo. <laughs> the world is on the brink of going boom, boom. Mm-hmm. If we don't make a stand here and now, we're going to die. Now roll for initiative. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we have evil Australian, Mulaflaga. Oh, man. Tune in every week to join the Transformers as Optimus Prime and his heroic Autobots battle to stop Megatron and those dastardly Decepticons. They are more than meets the eye. You could say they are robots in disguise. <laughs> Is that the coming attraction thing on that show? I can't remember. It could be. I think it's actually what's written on the back of the box. Um, oh, or the, yeah. uh, maybe the DVD or, or, or it might have been the promotion. I'm not sure, but that is uh, that is that is the Transformers in a nutshell. <laughs> well, this is the last one for tonight. Finishing off page one, coming oh, cool. from the Foul Sorceress. Oh. <clears throat> oh, this is gonna be weird. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's fun. Five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. Boldly go where no man has gone before. <laughs> I have no idea what that kind of strangely fits. <laughs> yeah, especially because the five-year mission one—that's the original show. Mm-hmm. Yes. So please keep up uh, your old-timey submissions, and as Neo mentioned, please check out Chaos Theater's old-timey special, mm. "The Persian Penguin," at an iTunes near you. Nice. Well, thank you, Chris, for that. Thank you, Solbro. Thank you, everyone, for submitting. Uh, we'll be going to our first segment. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Hakanaku de Hakashi Kute Isuari. 
podcasting is king, you are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. What do the Anime Addicts Anonymous hosts think of My Little Pony? If you're a dude older than 12, <laughs> you really should not be watching My Little Pony. And if you are, go eat some chicken wings. Anime. I'd rather watch the Smurfs. Smurfette was hot. Addicts. I'm pretty sure I set a few My Little Ponies on fire when I was like, when I was a child. Anonymous. No, that's cool. I'm just saying that like My Little Ponies burn real nice because they're made of plastic. Podcast. Visit us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, and live from Japan on Ustream.tv. <laughs> hey, Garma. Do you read me? Blame this on the misfortune of your birth. What? Misfortune? That's right. Char, you're not saying that you were indeed a very good friend to me. Don't take it personally. You can thank your father for this. <laughs> Char, you... <laughs> you double-crossed me, Char! He'll keep calling me. He'll keep calling me until I come over. He'll make me feel guilty. This is... A- this is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with, I'll go. to gun damn at mhq and it's time for some more gundam reviews so we're going to be jumping into reviews for episodes six through ten of gundam build fighters we will begin with episode six a reason to battle so we have say and reiji both quite distressed to find out that yuki has withdrawn from the tournament but they found out from gorilla that he's left school so instead of fighting him they're fighting uh, Sazaki, who's using his upgraded Gyan Gya Gyan, which really just consists of a gold color scheme and an extra shield. <laughs> so, of course, it gets trashed easily, but Reiji's finding kind of sloppily, and uh, not surprisingly, he's all down because he was looking forward to uh, fighting Yuki, and now he won't get his chance. So he gets all serious and saying, that, oh, don't mention that guy's name again, and he's a coward, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So Yuki, who's now on his way to inheriting the name of Master, gets a brief uh, reprieve and takes a train over to Tokyo, and he challenges Sei and Reiji to a fight. So they have a personal knockdown, drag-out fight between the Build Strike and the Zaku Amazing, and we see parts being smashed. We see everything being smashed down to the point where they're just fighting with their boosters, and the end result being that Sei and Reiji totally get their asses kicked horribly. They do. (laughs) 
So Reiji's feeling pretty down about that, but uh, Snake tells him, hey, I haven't just been sitting on my hands this whole time, so I've got this build Gundam Mark II to use in the meantime while I'm working on the build strike. Mm-hmm. So the end of the episode, they are going into the final battle of the qualifier, and they're using the build Mark II as a substitution. We also see uh, a mysterious young lass with uh, white hair watching the match and predicting that the Mark II will win. So, Silver, what were your thoughts on episode six? I mean, it's it's the episode you saw coming, um, the one where the... Uh you get the uh the the main characters they face off with their uh intended uh rival but in an unofficial match a match off the books <laughs> as they say and uh it raises their spirits in the end um you know they they realize that the world is a, a little bit bigger than they thought and um it's the episode that prepares them for the challenges they're going to face in the future so as an episode i thought it was solid um it 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 had a lot of the elements that i i come to expect in sports uh anime and um it was a little predictable, but at the same time, I love the fight that was in it between the Zaku Amazing and the uh, the Build Strike. I thought that was probably the the highlight of the entire episode, and it, uh, it 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 definitely leaves it on a high mark, especially where and 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 gives you uh, makes you excited about where the show is going to go next. So um, I thought it was a solid episode. All right, and <clears throat> Neil, your thoughts on the episode? Really, not much more I can say. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely the one where you know the the characters, the main characters, get the the beat down on the unofficial official match. It's the new coming of Yuki as the master, and of course, uh, perfect timing when you know for the holidays, build Gundam Strike Mark II. Definitely a, a oh, must-have yes. for the holidays. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just you know, all this the simple little. I guess uh, plot points and things that we come to expect with this type of thing. Of course, closing out with the mysterious white-haired girl who somehow knows just by watching a monitor about a fight between plastic models that one plastic model will win above the other. So yes, indeed. But pretty pretty good stuff though. Definitely kept kept the pace going uh, and progressed the story a lot. I, I forgot to mention Patrick Colasaro makes an appearance in this, doesn't he? Like a guest of yes, uh, he does a cameo. Yeah, getting getting, getting beaten by a young boy. <laughs> Could it be a young Asian boy? Possibly. Possibly. Well, given that it's Tokyo, that's that's I think a given. I guess so. I guess so. A slam dunk in that case. <laughs> but without a doubt, the highlight of this episode is the fight between yeah. Reiji and Yuki, and has probably the best animation in the series up to this point. Oh, yeah. And as I'm watching. This battle, the thing that occurred to me and probably a lot of other people was 0083. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. this was very, very much like that battle where Gato and uh, Carrots McLoserface Indeed. were tearing their Gundams apart and yeah. they both blew up. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it had the spirit of that fight. Carrots McLoserface, yeah, I like that. They they just went all out. I mean, these in both cases, but but even worse in this one. It's like since their lives weren't on the line, these two toys were tearing each other to shreds, down to the point of just having these booster fighters left. And even then, Yuki still won. Yeah, yeah. It was wild as if this was an actual Gundam series. That would be that would be a uber violent fight, like to no end. Like people would it, people would be turned to salsa by the end of that fight. <laughs> 
<laughs> because of the way, the much. way it ended up. Yeah, it would be pretty brutal. Actually, to be honest with you, it lasted a lot longer than most uh, end of uh, the series Gundam Final Battles. That's true. <laughs> it lasted for a while. I was sitting there going, damn, they lasted going and going. Lasted longer than uh, Zahart got in the TV show. Oh, that's true. Damn. Oh. <laughs> That is true. That is true. That's a great point. <laughs> so, lasted lasted longer than Jared did at oh, the end. Wow. <laughs> the only loser villain to get bodied by a ship. <laughs> so, so <clears throat> yeah, that was great stuff. And I enjoyed that um, we cut away from these two fighters charging towards each other and that we didn't actually see the result, and then at, right after that, it's, they're, they're just walking in, they're like, man, we just got our asses kicked so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that we didn't, we didn't actually see their loss. It's just like, it's just a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. So, Sobro, a rating for this episode? Oh, for me, um, I would definitely give it a four disqualifications out of five. Okay, Neo? Well, because you had the Gion, 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 I give it four crystal vases out of five of course (laughs) (laughs) all right and i will toss this one four mysterious girls out of five there you go (laughs) who could she be (laughs) which take indeed which takes us to episode seven world level ability which picks up right where episode six left off and we have reiji fighting the final match of the qualifier against a veteran fighter known as Kato, oh. who is dressed like Jamil Neat and is using a golden double X. Oh, he stained the memory of Jamil. So terrible. <laughs> and it's two pretty much minions. because yeah, he has and he has two little minions as well. But um, he thinks that uh, quantity can yeah. win over quality and yeah. uses a bunch of GX bits, which uh, Reiji takes down with no problem. And by the time he tries to deploy the twin satellite cannon, well, Reiji's already in his face and kills him. <laughs> <laughs> so, thus ends the qualifier, and now Say and Reiji are off to the tournament. And as a prize for having, having won that tournament, they are sent on a Hot Springs trip by PPSC, the tournament sponsor. Mm-hmm. So, they end up going with Rawl, Rinko and China. So uh, Rinko, being the cheerleader that she is, is really pushing uh, China to uh, go after Say as hard as possible. Oh, the shipping. <laughs> yep. So they get to this hot springs, which is uh, kind of run down and beaten up looking. And they encounter Mao, who also won a trip for having won, you know, the tournament for his block so he's hanging out with them uh and also being like super freaking hot for the uh innkeeper's daughter Mm -hmm. misaki oh yeah (laughs) yeah so reiji almost gets killed when a car crashes into the front door of the inn and as it turns out there's a uh yakuza loan shark named tatsuzo Mm -hmm. who's trying to force uh, misaki's parents to sell the place or probably shady land developments, and they've been refusing. So as a result, now these loan sharks are harassing them. So Reiji is about to pick a fight, but then Rawl intervenes, and we find out that Tatsuzo used to be a gunpla fighter and fought in the world tournament. So 
because of that, Say recommends that they have a Gunpla battle to settle this. Of course. And if they win, the Lone Sharks go away, and if they lose, then the Lone Sharks get the land. <laughs> so we have um, Reiji and Mao teaming up against Tatsuzo, who's using the uh, Apsaurus 3 from 8th MS team, but uh, it's got some extra features in it, and it completely deflects all of their... Uh, weapons. And he has uh, some of the uh, good old Adzum leaders for the old electrocution attacks. Oh, yeah. A Makuve classic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So with everything looking uh, bad for them, Mao shows off some tricks and uh, releases Plasky particles to break free and uses compressed Plasky particles to fire his satellite cannon without there even being a moon. Hmm. The mystery. <laughs> thus, thus uh, helping them win the match and taking down Tatsuzo, who wonders, how could I have lost? And then uh, Rawl explains to him that Gunpla is always evolving and uh, you got to keep your skills up. That's right, man. Stand your toes, man. Indeed. So, Neo, what were your thoughts on this episode? Well, it was nice to see the, uh, the, the the continuation of the battle. It was disheartening to see somebody look like Jamil and being kind of dumb and losing so pathetically and loserish as he did. But it, it was funny, though, to see him just crap his pants when the bits are getting destroyed. He's like, oh, I'll just have all my bits come after you. And then it's like, oh, oh, oh. But, um... And it was also nice, you know, we have to have the prerequisite Hot Springs episode, but it was nice that they only did it in a half episode and kind of put it in hot a way. Hot Springs and Beach combined. It had hot Springs and Beach combined. Great taste. And, and uh, you know, community service, you know, help the, uh, help the neighborhood against the Yakuza. So um, that was pretty interesting. And, of course, we get the big reveal of uh, Mao with his special techniques of able to fire the satellite cannon without the... Um, the moonlight system and um you know so um some pretty good stuff um you know of course the um with tatsa the 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 you know the um uh thing at the end where it's like hey you, you know you used to be so good but you got to keep going so that's that's definitely the um you know you got you got to keep in practice with that with whatever you're doing and um, it was kind of funny, though, the whole, you know, every so often now it's like, oh, Lieutenant Raw, you know, <laughs> everybody's <laughs> going crazy when they see him. So, um, but, you know, pretty good episode. I, I think, um, you know, really kind of a nice one to kind of get us off of. We know they're eventually going to make it to the tournament. So it was kind of a good breakup. And like I said, you know, to put these uh uh, the anime prerequisites in of the beach episode and the hot springs episode in a, in a nice timely fashion instead of just devoting a whole episode to them. So mm -hmm. kind of works out pretty well. So definitely. And lastly, you know, as, as much as, as much as, as much as it gets old, you still love the good old, I got to electrocute the Gundam pilot. That's always, <laughs> you, you know that they're going to get out of it, but you're always like, oh no, they're getting electrocuted. But um, you, you think you would have some type of... At least they weren't actually getting electrocuted compared to every other show. Yeah, but you think they'd at least have some type of shielding or something like that in there. But yeah, all I was waiting for was, this is this is no Adzim. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, good stuff. You know, definitely uh, 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 change of pace, especially with the, the seriousness of last episode. So, And Solbro? 
Well, man, uh, it was really upsetting to see Low Rent Jamil and his flunkies get wasted so quickly. But they were pretty, they were pretty sad, to say the least, man. I, I, I was a little I wasn't upset at all. I, I was, was upset because why did dude? Why would they do Jamil dirty like that, man? Jamil is the shit. But this guy surely wasn't. Well, hey, at least. <laughs> At least Mao redeemed the name of Gundam X later in the episode. He exactly, did. he did. And yeah. and to see that golden double X get taken out so uh so bad so 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 easily, man. It's like yo, man. It's, uh, oh, I was disgusted, but you're right, Mal. He he's the better. He's the much. He's a much better pilot for the Gundam X, and I'm glad he's repping that uh, Gundam X Mal pretty pretty nicely. Um, I, I gotta say, um, if he wasn't involved with this episode, I'd be I'd be shocked to, to not to hear that Obari. How wasn't personally involved with uh, Rinko's animation because uh, she was extra busty this episode. <laughs> oh, you can be sure he was involved. Just when uh, the Gundam X Mao was doing the Obari sword pose, but yes. with a cannon. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I not only was he involved with that, I'm damn sure he was involved with Rinko then, man. He he had his hands full this episode, literally. <laughs> All that boobage, but um, I wasn't I wasn't complaining, not at all. But uh, it's it's cool that in this world, gunpla fighters are every damn where. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, you're gonna run into gunpla fighters or gunpla gunpla builders that are that 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 are in every aspect of life. Whether you are a in runner that ha- happens to have a a gunpla build fighter station in your inn, or if you're a guy in the in the yakuza who is this hardcore gangster but used to be a, a pro player back in the day man tatsuzo it was it was no shock that his uh his dozo zabi looking ass was <laughs> was a was a was a player back in the day and it was cool to see these kids gamble some high stakes like this is the first gambling match I think we've seen in the show where there were there were there were some high stakes being involved uh with this with this match and for it to play out the way it did was pretty neat especially with the fact that uh Mao and the boys got the team up to take on a common foe. I thought that was the coolest thing about this episode and the teamwork that that involved. But um uh, I, yeah, but it still didn't put any risk on them because it wasn't their end. It wasn't, but you know, classic people's money. Granted, yeah, you're right, you're right. They wouldn't have lost anything, but they would have definitely, yeah. they definitely would have been the the recipients of some disappointment, <laughs> some some discerning looks or Ooh. something. But you know what? But, the y- Yakuza they, they're still going to win in the end because there's other uh, legitimate business owners to exploit. So, <laughs> well, there's there's large Japanese corporations to. Uh, <laughs> you know, the police too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, either way, man, the gangsters gonna get their money. And um, I, I'd never seen an in an anime that was so desperately in need of Hotel Impossible. <laughs> Somebody call Anthony Mercury for these people. But uh, and and gangsters in dire need of brake fluid. That shit at the beginning of the episode cracked me up when that car just came out of nowhere and just crashed in the front of that place. It's like, yo, it's this, like, oops, sorry. It's like, and, and when that happened, it's like, now we're talking. <laughs> I, I heard that upset some people. I won't say who, but uh, for me, it was an exciting moment in the show. And um, yeah, I, I, I love the scene where uh, Mal was able to fire off the satellite cannon without need of the super microwave system. And um, I haven't seen any episodes past 10, so I don't know exactly uh, if the secrets unfolded, but I'm kind of curious to see exactly uh, how he managed to pull that off. But um, the 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 Absaurus, uh three um, for it to make an appearance so early in the series, I thought that would make sh- that 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 huge mobile armor would show up later on in the series. Maybe some opponent that was really strong would have it, but but for it to show up so early in the show was a was a nice surprise. I wasn't uh, expecting that at all in this episode. But uh, last but not least, uh, um, 
I think that at the end of the day, this episode probably stands out to me as one of my favorites, um, especially when it's people who who end up taking a road trip or going on vacation. I love uh, I love episodes where it, it kind of takes you to an, an, an unfamiliar element and, and puts you in a, in a wild situation. And this episode definitely came through on that. So it, it was one I really enjoyed, um, especially with seeing the camp for amazing and uh, the, uh, the the new mysterious Kawaguchi character, <laughs> who which knows? in itself. Mm-hmm. is a super in-joke because Kawaguchi is an actual guy. Is he really? Uh, who Who is he? You've never heard of, of, of Kawaguchi? Kawaguchi. Um, I know the last name is familiar, but um, god dang it. I, I'm... But Katsumi Kawaguchi is actually a very famous and longtime professional gunpla modeler who makes videos you can watch in English that instruct you on how to build gunpla. Oh He's my been God. featured in tons and tons of magazines, so that is a super huge in joke. Wow, that's an awesome name drop then. And um I, I did not know that. I did I, I just well, I'm sure you, well, you should tell your outsourcing partners, Silver. Indeed, I should. They probably <laughs> know outsourcing partner. <laughs> I'll I'll get him to build my next suit. <laughs> but that's it for me, man. I thought it was a fun episode. I, I enjoyed it. All right. Well, we definitely pack in a lot in this episode with uh, the end of the Japanese qualifier, which uh, did shame the double X and the name of Jamil Neat. And uh, we did manage to pack in conveniently in one short segment, both the hot springs and beach cliched acts. Um, mm-hmm. Some amusement when uh, Say and Reiji were both asked to uh, describe China's swimsuit. <laughs> And say ended up uh, describing it like if it was gunpla, <laughs> <laughs> while Reiji falls into the um, obvious hole of making an unfortunate breast size comparison. Nice. Yeah. What did the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> Pretty much. He found out. Um, and of course, the idea of a yakuza being a gunpla builder I thought was amusing, mm-hmm. and uh, was almost hoping for him for him to be like, "Yo, Kazuma Kiryu you ain't got nothing on me." Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to have that team up and a uh, good way to start transitioning out of the qualifier and give us some breathing room before the world tournament. So for ratings, Nia, what do you give this episode? Uh, I'd have to give this uh, four four cut break lines out of five. <laughs> All right. And Solbro? I would definitely give it a four, four and a half businesses being exploited out of five. All right, I will give this one four out of five Rinkos. There you go. There you go. Which brings us next to episode eight, Encounters of Fighters, where we meet a couple of new characters, including a young lad named Nils Nielsen, who is trying to study Plasky particles and tells his professor that they have so many uh, potential applications, but they're limited to just toys because PPSC keeps everything about Plasky particles a secret so he decides that the best way to learn about Plasky particles is to enter Gunplot Battle and get to the World Tournament to get close to PPSC. We then cut to about a month later and Fellini's gone to America to visit his friend Greco Logan who is going to be fighting in the American Finals and he shows them his new model the Togris Toggies Valkyrie, which basically is just a green Toggies one with the cannon from the Toggies three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing really fancy there. 
So yeah. should have told him so, they're all the tall geese. <laughs> in the meantime, we see Yuki conducting more tests on his new, or I should say Kawaguchi, mm-hmm. conducting more tests on his Camp for Amazing, while Sei is holed up in his workshop to improve the build strike and get it on... Uh, a new level because he realizes, based on what he saw from Mao and Tatsuzo, that uh, uh, the build strike in its current form just ain't going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And then over in Finland, uh, this guy named Barthus meets with the manager of Team, Menes- Team Nemesis and introduces him to the mystery girl who's named Isla Yurkainen. Mm-hmm. So they have a mock, f- they have a fight between her and Nemesis' top player, Gawain, who's using a devil Gundam, and she beats his ass with a Jagan. <laughs> Almost effortlessly. So, we then go back to America, where Nils unveils his Sengoku Astray Gundam against Greco's Tall Geese, and beats the crap out of it. Really, really, really bad. Damn. And then we also see, around the world, some other battles... In Thailand, a guy named Luang Delara uses the custom Abigorbine to win the Thai qualifier. Uh, over in Argentina, these two brothers, the Renatos, they win in their tournament. And uh, by the end of the episode, we see good old Rawl traveling to Finland to watch the final battle there, in which the previous world tournament winner, Carlos Kaiser, is going to be fighting, and Raul gets there mere seconds after the fight has started, see that Kaiser has already been beaten by Isla's Cubole Papillon. Hmm. So, Silver, what were your thoughts on this episode? I don't know, man. There's, there seem to be a lot of nods in this episode to a lot of things, man. The, the opening scene with the high Kushiki that Mills was piloting had the, uh, the old Tony... St- I like to call it the Tony Stark high Kushiki custom. Because <laughs> of the way it was colored. I-, I love that color scheme for the Hayokushiki. I'd never thought that would work for it. But um he made uh he made mincemeat of the G Savior man, which is great to see. <laughs> which looked better in animation than it did in its own. It, yeah, uh, substantive it did, movie. right? What? <laughs> that shit looked gorgeous, man. It's like, yo, the G Savior ain't half bad. Oh, wait a minute, it got bodied. <laughs> I mean, yes, the G Savior is uh, a pre strike suit, but mm-hmm. But its concept basically is like uh, a low rent clunky strike. Right. But I gotta admit, yeah. it looked pretty damn good in animation. It did, mm-hmm. man. I, I guess it was Peter. well overdue. Peter <laughs> and and Crestborn. <laughs> Both advocates of G Savior. I don't know why. But uh yeah, I mean it was cool to find out that Plavsky particles have more applications than gunpla battles and uh Neil's motivation is to want to know the the colonel's secret recipe behind the particle. So uh I hope he finds out, man. I hope he uh Gets to cop that uh that that technology and then use it to to better the world. Um, finding out his background though was a trip, man. To find out that his uh his mom is a martial arts master and his dad is a world famous detective, man. Give those cats a show. I want to see what they do. <laughs> but um yeah, but you know I gotta say at least for this episode, not mm-hmm. so much later on, but at least in this episode, this kid annoyed the hell out of me. Oh wow, yeah, he, he was a bit too much of the uh of the boy genius He's type. Such. He's yeah. such a Gary Stu. Okay, so he's he's thirteen. Mm-hmm. He already has several PhDs. Oh, yeah. He's a martial arts master, mm-hmm. and he's got famous parents. And then, within a month of getting into gunpla battle, he delivers a uh, major smackdown on a vet 
veteran fighter and becomes the American champion. Hey man, he's the Doogie like, could this kid be any more of a fanfic character? <laughs> he's the Doogie Hauser of his field, man. <laughs> he's the Doogie Hauser of Gunpla, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But I- I'll accept that, man, because he's a brother, man. You don't ever see those cats. And when they do, they usually usually get beat and they're out of the show in an instant. So I'll, I'll take what I can get at the moment. But you're right. He is a Gary Stu, at least when he's introduced. Uh, I'm sure that they'll, they'll do his character a bit more justice as the episodes go along. But um, just to see how he uh, how he rendered old uh, Greco Logan. Could they come up with a better name? <laughs> Oh man, um, I guess his nickname was the Raging Bull, man. Uh, it was a good fight, though. I love the the fact that he uses the uh, the old um, Sengoku Astraeus uh, custom. How, how is it a know. good fight when it was completely one sided? It was one sided. Didn't yeah, even was, get uh, any like hits in. I, it was a good fight for the fact that it it had it had dramatized to it. It 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 you thought that. You saw that Greco was a desperate man, especially when he busted out the beam saber and he's taking on a suit with two katanas. Um, that, that's a bit of a, a losing fight, but he gave it its all, man. He, he was thinking he was going to ram that, 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 uh, cut the astray into, uh, a, a mountain. And, you know, that wasn't going to end well for him because Nils always has a backup plan. Yeah, but he, but, he mm-hmm. gave it his all and accomplished exactly nothing. nothing like, yeah. not even a nick, not even anything. It's like, oh, he got murdered in front of the world. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> It was an effort in futility, but it was it was it was sweet to watch, um, especially since it was coming from the uh, Levian Rose Stadium in USA, which looks mysteriously like Madison Square Garden. <laughs> but that was a nice little nod to uh, Levian Rose from uh, from Zeta Gundam and Double Zeta, and um, and other shows. Um, I love the fact that the uh, the Sengoku Astray has two Guberpa Straits though, and can actually deflect a whole beam. How does that work? <laughs> I still don't understand, but um, you're not supposed to. Hey, man, that's good stuff. You know, it's gonna build fighters, man. I just gotta roll with it. But um, Reiji is on the bench all episode, man. He's chomping at the bit, man. He gets no action, and uh, and says in the in the in in the old uh, the old think tank working on uh his mobile his his new uh uh build strike, man. And uh, I guess they keep that in mystery. But it was just weird to see an episode where they're not the main focus. And I, I think this is one of the first episodes where we get that uh we have that happen. So uh, it was kind of neat to see. Um, as for Aaliyah finally showing off her stuff, Alia, how do you pronounce her name? Don't even bother trying. Well, you know, forget it then. <laughs> but to see her start her stuff in the Jigen and just impale the uh, the head of the Devil Gundam and seeing a cameo for the Devil Gundam was an awesome moment too. And then, of course, she uh, commits first-degree murder in front of the world as she kills Carlos Kaiser. And Rollo even misses it, man. I felt bad for him. He traveled all that way for nothing. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> but a, much. But a solid episode, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Neo, your thoughts? Um yeah, uh, I do agree. It was nice to see the G Savior. I actually had to do a double take mm-hmm. of it. I actually went back. I was like, wait a second. And um, yeah, that 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 was nice to see. I, I do agree with you, Chris. Um, the whole thing with Niels, I got a little annoyed with it too, with the introduction, because it's like, oh, dad and his mom and his three PhDs and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay, you know. And then what, I think what really got me over the top was the fact that, all right, I understand that he might be gifted and, and from what it seems like he's, he's, you know, doing, he's taking advantage of some, some type of broken scheme with the plastic particle particles or whatever. But when he's fighting the fact that you're fighting like the, the, the regional champion and the guy doesn't even really even get a scratch in and there's not even a point of that. It was a little, a little too much. And the fact that the, 
regional champion would have such kind of a, a blah mobile suit as we're seeing that like every other champion or defending champion or higher is just you know they got a little bit more to their suits the fact that it's just the tall geese with a different paint scheme and, and the tall geese three uh gun is just kind of okay really that that's all he's got and um but um that was neither here nor there and then of course with the Ilya and you know her two fights, uh, yeah, it was impressive to see a Jigen actually get something for once. Like, wow, not Cannon Father, but um, so and it, and it was. I actually did like the fact that uh, Reiji and um, Say were not yeah. the focal point battles in this one, mm-hmm. and I like the fact that they give kind of a quick synopsis of, hey, these are going to be the next people that we're really going to see instead of like maybe devoting a whole episode to their battle, mm-hmm. which sometimes and sometimes doesn't work. I think it worked a little bit more so far with this where, okay, these are going to be the people they're going to be experiencing during the world tournament. We're going to show you how they won and stuff, but we're not just going to, you know, blow away a whole episode just to give them their whole backstory. Cause maybe we can do it in a little bit different way or maybe their backstory is not really that important on some of these people as, as so that I was actually uh, very impressed with. So, um, you know, but other than that, a pretty good episode flowed pretty well. Um, and it was nice to see all these uh, cameos of suits. And it's like, man, the talk about and, you know, looking around when this was released, you know, it was holiday, holiday time. Those hobby shops are busy after this episode. <laughs> very busy. So, with that business. <laughs> yeah. So back to you, Chris. Well, there's no lack of reference. This this episode. Oh no! Starting with um, one that's pretty obvious when you think about it: the rivalry between Greco and Fellini. Mm-hmm. Greco, who uses a tall geese, and Fellini, a wing Gundam. Of course. Yeah, that's true. He's in the pod. <laughs> the Lavian Rose Stadium, the G Savior, uh, all these sorts of things. Uh, seeing the Devil Gundam pop up. Seeing a customized Alpha Azeru that uh, we don't even get to see do anything because it just dies instantly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it died very quickly. And of course, a uh, a customized Cubile. So mm-hmm. that's all neat. I did enjoy how this episode focuses very little on Say and Reiji and gives us a sort of sense of the global scale mm-hmm. of Gunplop Battle and introducing to all of these characters who are going to play a role in a tournament. Right. But definitely was not too hot on the totally one-sided battle between Nils and Greco and uh, the aforementioned total Gary Stunis of Nils's character. So would that make uh, going to rating? Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, wouldn't that make Alia a Mary Sue as well? Because she one-sided her fight too. We didn't get to see it, but we got to see the aftermath, and it was no contest there too. So, <laughs> well, she's she's like a she, she. The thing about her character is that at least there's a mystery of how it is that she can do what she does. Mm-hmm. But you know, with Nils, it's so obvious. You know, the thirteen-year-old. You know, double or triple PhD, PhD martial arts moms, master yeah. champion yeah. gunpla She she has that, mi- that just screams of bad fanfic writing. Yeah, she has mystery yeah. behind her. While Neil's his uh his whole background is there on the table, and it's a bit too a bit too strong to be believed. Um, one last thing, uh, I, they mentioned the Flanna Institute, which is where uh, Alia is from. Apparently, I guess that's a nod to the Flanagan Institute from Mobile Suit Gundam as well. So that was no uh, doubt kind of cool to see. But uh, back to you, Chris. So, uh, getting on to ratings, what would you give this one, Soul Bro? I would give it four Gunpla body bags out of five, because there was some murder in this episode, straight up. 
<laughs> all right, and Neo, your rating. Well, with all the um, with all, it kind of reminded me a lot of a uh, G Gundam episode. So I'm going to give it uh, three members of the Shuffle Alliance out of five. Ooh, nice. All right, I will give this one based on its location three and a half out of five Mercas. Mer- Mercas. <laughs> Well, all right. So, move on now to episode nine, Wings of Imagination, where we're introduced to a rich girl named Caroline Yajima, who vows that she'll get revenge against her rival, China, who keeps beating her at art exhibitions. (laughs) So, she thinks that she's uh, done pretty well based on the prize that she's won, but then she finds out that... uh, China won the grand prize of the exhibition for a painting of a bear guy eating honey out of a jar. Winnie the bear guy. (laughs) Pretty much. So finding out that she lost to a painting about a toy, Mm -hmm. she becomes obsessed with uh, the idea of Gunpla Battle. And at the same time, China shows, say, her newly completed Bear Guy 3, which was the model... Mr. Bear Guy 3. Well, here's this is Pam me a little punny because uh, she calls him Bear Guy San, oh, which uh, is a uh, okay. double pun because it's um, you can read it as Mr. Bear Guy, mm-hmm. but since San is also the number three, it also is Bear Guy three. Oh shoot! No, I'm saying it, but the, the way I was seeing it was Mr. Bear Guy three, which I thought was funny. <laughs> funny than just Bear Guy three. It, it is. It is funny. They're trying to express the uh, the punniness. Of his name. Yes, that's awesome. So, as we find out, Caroline's father is uh, the owner of some company that is going to serve as Nils's sponsor. So she Shanghai Nils to get his help in training for a gunpla battle that she's challenged China to. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, we see China doing uh, a training montage with Say and Ranji, including you know boxing while running on the beach. <laughs> And tripping, falling. Yes, and looking high. His, his eyes, yeah, his eyes were. Bear a guys. He had some. He had some. Too much honey. I think, yeah, too much honey from Colorado. I think. <laughs> yeah, but bear guy makes some funny expressions with his eyes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, we come now then to this fight, which is a uh, a girls only sort of friendly. Mm-hmm. And China fights in her first match against a girl named Alice, who looks uh, suspiciously like Allenby. Oh my gosh! And who pilots a uh, custom color Noble Gundam, mm-hmm. which gets taken down instantly. <laughs> so after that, we have the uh, the fated battle between the Bear Guy and Caroline's uh, SD Night Gundam, mm-hmm. which is interesting to see uh, an SD Gundam fighting. So it's not going so well for China at first because uh, Caroline received a crash course in training from Nils. Mm -hmm. But her uh, saving grace is that uh, she stuffed the bear guy full of cotton because her personal backstory for the bear guy was that he was a teddy bear who turned into a mobile suit. Yes. And the cotton catches up the night Gundam, which allows China to get a ring out and win the match. So the interesting part of that is that throughout this entire episode that Say has been stuck in a rut because he doesn't know how it is that he can get the build strike 
up to uh, a world level competitability, mm-hmm. competitiveness. And when he finds what uh, China did, that she just went off the wall with her gunpla backstory, it finally hits him that he doesn't have to limit himself to the uh, setting of Gundam and that he can do basically whatever the hell he wants. Mm, absolutely. And that finally gets him going to finish um, upgrading the build strike. So, Neo, what were your thoughts on this episode? Well, you knew it had to come. You knew there had to be a Bear Guy <laughs> exclusive episode. And it didn't come at a better time, to be honest with you. Once again, just like the previous episode, uh, not really focusing on Say and Reiji uh, too, too much. Um, and it was it was good. Uh, it, was, it was funny to see Caroline, um, you know, she would go up to China and say something bad or, you know, she'd be like, what is this? You're doing this little bear guy. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, he's so cute playing with his mouth. And she's like, I'm not falling into your trap and blah, blah, blah. So that was kind of funny, you know, and then of course, uh, having the girls only battle and then having, seeing that she's such a a little rich girl that, okay, I'm going to win this and I'm going to get the best person I can to help train me. So you got Niels. And of course we see later on that, um, he notices, you know, some things about what happens in a, in a future fight. So it's a good, uh, it's good kind of foreshadowing. And, um, you know, once again, nice to see some of these little things. It was, uh, the Alan B and the noble gun. And as soon as I saw that girl, I was like, Oh no. And then it's like, (laughs) and then it's like, the, then you see the noble Gundam. It's like a green noble gun to be like, oh wow, the, no, nothing. That that's what makes this this show funny sometimes. Is some of the these some of these people have such grand entrances with their uh, battles. Oh yeah, and then it's just like a one one shot done. You know, one hit quitter <laughs> basically on some of them. And then um, of course I, I did like the whole thing with uh, the SD Knight Gundam because he's looking like the SD. You know, he's got that little bit different animation, and then yes. of course he's fighting uh, the bear guy and of, of all the things to happen to Caroline is the noble gun got destroyed but yet the night gun got sucked up got twisted all around with all the cotton that was inside of Mr. Bear guy <laughs> and uh, got a ring out didn't even kill her just got her a ring out so that was pretty funny and uh, and then of course it you know we, we see the realization that say is like oh I can think outside the box and you know China had this r- real crazy thing about bear guy being a teddy bear becoming a mobile suit and teddy bears have uh, cotton in it so we could see that that gets him off kind of his uh, gunpla builders block that Mm -hmm. he was having so but pretty pretty uh, pretty funny episode pretty enjoyable and um, you know really really uh, went through the pace there so back to you Chris I thought it was a fun episode and I enjoyed uh, Caroline's like really super serious completely one-sided rivalry with China (laughs) who is completely (laughs) oblivious to it and views her sort of like a friend who's not aware of the burning (laughs) hatred that Caroline feels for her. Mm -hmm. So that that was fun. Along with um, China, yeah, I loved the uh, the training montage (laughs) with the bear guy. Straight (laughs) eighties, straight like eighties, you know, sports movie cliches with all of the training. I like the cameos of having uh, the Allenby-looking character in a Noble Gundam who uh, gets, unfortunately, taken down pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though she was already using the Berserker system, didn't didn't work out to her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was good to see that um, 
you know, say finally got out of the rut that he was in about how to compete with all these other fighters in the world tournament mm-hmm. and getting the idea of what he needs to do to make the build strike competitive enough for that. So ratings. Well, I, I didn't even give my opinion yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's, I, thought we, I forgot that we didn't start with you. I'll try to be quick. Well, uh, let's have Neil give his rating anyway. Yeah, go ahead, Neil. Um, well, uh, since it doesn't have the pretentiousness of Neil's from the last episode, I'm going to give this three and a half cotton swabs out of five. <laughs> Actually, cotton balls. Yeah, mm-hmm. cotton balls would be more appropriate. I, I will go ahead and give this one three and a half um, angry bear guy eyes. <laughs> so, so I'll turn over to you, Sobro, for both your comment and rating. Well, uh, for me, it was a uh, it, it, it was it was a fun episode. Um, I, I like the fact that you uh, you finally get to see the rich girl rival, which has been seen in all sorts of competition animes, and uh, this one is no exception. Uh, Caroline is uh, is a real fun character to have in the show, and she's exactly as you would expect her to be. <laughs> but um, I love the fact that Sheena uh, is not aware of the rivalry at all, and, and until of course uh, the old Sunday showdown at the mall. But, um, you know, it, it makes for a very cool and comedic, uh, I guess, interaction between the two characters, especially when she uh, tries to call out uh, Say as her boyfriend and that dumbass denies it. I was like, yo, come on, bro. You didn't deny the other previous episode, man. Uh, uh, man up. <laughs> but I guess we'll see how that plays out. I guess he's just he's just try- trying to be shy about that. But it, it was funny to see um, Caroline's uh, SD uh, Night Gundam get taken out by the fabric of our lives old cotton um <laughs> and, and pretty simplistically too uh, the fact that she had a story behind her um the fact that china had a story behind her uh her bear guy was a, was a nice touch and the fact that it went towards her inspiration for the suit and then it went and inspired say to complete his mo- model too you know inspiration comes from the damnedest places and um it was cool to see that he was reinvigorated by um by this experience of watching her go through her uh, battles and uh, a great episode. It was a nice distraction from the, from the main plot that's going on. And now we have, I think all the major players that you see in the intro and their mobile suits present in the show at this point. Uh, previous episode, we had Niels and Alia, and now we have uh, uh China and her bear guy finally are, um, are present in the show. So it's, it's nice to see everybody's in place for uh, the later stories. But, um, I, I thought it was an awesome episode, and if I was to give it a rating, I would give it uh, four cotton-based ringouts out of five. All right, we will move on now to the last episode of this roundup, which is number 10, The World Tournament Begins. Oh, so we have all these players uh, reacting in shock around the world at the fact that the previous world champion got taken down like a scrub in a couple of seconds <laughs> by a mysterious fighter. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, Reiji collapses after uh, practicing with the new star build strike that Sei has completed. Mm-hmm. So we have them traveling on site to the location, sort of the uh, the Olympic Village, if you will. <laughs> the Gumpla village where the tournament is taking place. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find that uh, Kirara is now an announcer for the tournament since uh, she failed at being a Gumpla fighter. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, an opening uh, fancy party sponsored by PPSC, which not surprisingly, Reiji just uh, ditches so he can go eat some snacks instead, leaving Say all by himself. Of course. So... 
we have uh, Say and Mao doing some fanboying when they see some of the uh, champion players there, like Luang or Fellini, and uh, they're both surprised to discover that Fellini knows who they are. Oh, wow. And that Fellini is the one that Reiji has been practicing with all this time. Mm-hmm. So their, their admiration for Fellini is... Uh, quickly drowned out when they see that he's a really bad drunk <laughs> and trying like really really pathetically to hit on Kirara while drunk and mm-hmm. he was so smooth just a little bit before so they're very disillusioned by that oh. and in the meantime uh, Reiji's disappointed to find that all of the snacks that he wants are sold out by the time he gets there mm-hmm. and as he's trying to reach for the last meat bun at this one shop it gets snatched up by Isla so he goes chasing her, and she does some uh, crazy, like, type moves, jumping around in the air and, you know, sliding around columns to get away. And he eventually does catch up with her, and they fight over the meat bun, which ends up falling into a lake, and nobody wins. Oh, boy. <laughs> the lake so does. we see then... Yeah. The next morning, the first matches begin, and it's a series of four-player battles. So we have uh, this guy, Rainer from Germany, winning his battle. We have um, Luang beating all of his opponents. We see uh, Fellini, who is quite hungover, still manages to win. <laughs> Almost throws up in his battle. Yeah. And then we see the debut of the star build strike, with um, <clears throat> Reiji fighting against a super custom Zaku F2000 from Gunpla Builders, mm-hmm. a uh, custom color dual gun from Seed, and a uh, pretty obscure suit, the Gamalk from Double Zeta. So we see uh, some interesting gimmick being used when the Star Build Strikes shield absorbs the energy from the beams fired out by its opponents, and... Uh, it kicks everybody's asses. <laughs> so, and with our stinger, we see the introduction of uh, Majin Kawaguchi, mm-hmm. but uh, Sei and Reiji know better, and they instantly recognize him as being Yuki. Thank God. So, <laughs> so bro, what were your thoughts on this episode? I was I was almost afraid that they would pull a Clark Kent Superman thing with uh with Yuki being uh, Majin Kawaguchi and the boys wouldn't recognize him, I'd have been upset because that's that's the worst disguise in the series so far. So <laughs> but uh, I thought it was a great app. Uh, I, I um, just just the, the part that tickled me pink was uh, the foodie hunt that Reiji was on with uh, all the places that uh, old Rawson wrote up for him to go snack at and eat at. Uh, he'd rather do that than go to the meet and greet with the other players. And then, of course, he runs into Alia, who gives him uh, that that uh, meat bun parkour chase through the shopping center. That was just ridiculous. But uh, it, it was it was a fun part of the episode. Uh, I'm glad they both lost, though, although she had a bag full of food. So she ends up winning anyway. <laughs> and uh, old Reggie loses out. But uh, I, I thought the meet and greet was probably the other really great part of the episode. How all these characters who have been on kind of separate paths are finally meeting up with each other. And that Mal ended up being a pretty cool wingman for, uh, for say in light of Reggie not being there. And, uh, he's, he's starting to turn out to be kind of like that, 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 that second tier friend 
when when say when Ray when Reiji's not around. So uh, I, I I like the the dynamic between those two characters and uh, when uh, Ricardo shows up and ends up getting drunk, which I don't understand because he's European. His 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 liquor tolerance should be through the roof. <laughs> But but what do I know? But um, it, it's it's fun seeing them try to pimp drunk anyway. But uh, the cool thing about this episode was the four player tournament matches. I was waiting to see if that was actually going to happen because we saw hints of that throughout the show, and now it's all it, now it's a tournament standard for this this uh, competition they're going into now. So to see these melee battles going on was 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 a really awesome thing, and they're holding their own even in these situations. So it makes me wonder how crazy uh, these fights are going to get later on because I know they can host other player a, 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 a higher amount of players and it, and that could actually happen somewhere in the series. So I look forward to it. I guess my last note is the wings of light maneuver that the uh, the star the star build uh, strike Gundam did. Isn't that from a uh, victory Gundam? Well, the wings of light, yeah, yeah, the wings yeah. of light, yeah. And and what what that what, that was the maneuver that it did, right? Or was I? Yes, the yeah, it's a yeah, it was. No, I, I thought that was a nice touch. The, the opening animation of like them being on. Nice, no, the same thing. Yeah. Nice. Well, it was cool to see uh, see see the old build, the new the new build strike use it and uh, and lay these suckers to waste, man. It was great, and uh, I thought it was a, a good episode uh, all the way through. But uh, back to you, Chris. And Neo, your thoughts on the episode? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely nice to see them. Uh, show up to the the gunpla builders village that was pretty funny mm-hmm. um and then of course you, you kind of don't blame reiji if you kind of think about what type of character he is mm-hmm. uh that he would just up and leave because i mean this has been his mo the whole entire story uh so far is he just ups and leaves at times <laughs> i mean i think a few episodes earlier uh say hadn't seen him in a couple of days i mean yeah. he just ups and goes and you just don't see him as the type of guy that's going to be sitting there making the FaceTime at little um you know uh players only uh gathering right before uh, you know the tournament begins yeah, and it was bored. nice too because then you get to see the whole development with uh, say a Mal and uh, like you said Chris being complete fanboys uh, <laughs> when they first show up and, uh, and in the course of their whole thing with Fellini is like oh he's so cool he comes up and you know he's so smooth and you get a few drinks in him and next thing you know he's he's quoting stuff about 0083 to Kirara and she's just kind of like <laughs> I do. I really want to be the top model or the top idol because <laughs> this was the tales. I, I think I might want to get out of it. Um, and then, of course, the whole the whole food chase. Um, actually, when uh, Ilea does some of that stuff, it kind of reminds me of some of that stuff you would see in the old Gotcha Man. Oh, uh, card, uh, animes where they would do all the crazy uh, moves, kind of floating through the sky and bouncing back and forth from like uh, you know areas on the on the rooftops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course I like the four four mechs enter one one mech uh, leaves thing. <laughs> the little the, the little uh, uh, battles that we have there. The and, Royal Rumbles. Yeah, and then we find out you know there's going to be a series of different types of competitions where you're going to have like team based and a lot of that stuff so that that gave it a little that that made it a little bit more interesting to me because i was kind of wondering how this was going to be was it we're just going to do gunpla builders as we've seen so far where it's just you fight until someone wins and then you move on to the next person Mm -hmm. but the fact that they introduced a lot more different um uh type of events and some of them being like team events that's going to be pretty interesting because we all know what's going to happen um they're going to 
Ragey and Say are going to go probably somehow have to be teammates with uh, Niles or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 that's that's definitely coming. And, and of course, all of the cameos of all the the mechas there, even the Cobra Gundam. Where'd that come from? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was kicking ass there for a while. It was it's like, <laughs> it's just like, damn. And and then of course the oh shit moment for all those in attendance when the star build strike comes out and everybody's like oh crap and it, and it makes you wonder it's like if they opened up with that with that what else does this thing have in store so <laughs> how how did Mr Bear Guy three influence him to do that so um, but yeah definitely um, definitely some good stuff and gets you going to the start of the old tournament so back to you Chris. So, I'd say this episode probably has some of the best comedy so far between the shenanigans at the party along with the great meat bun chase. (laughs) That was classic. (laughs) And what's amusing is that when you see Isla fighting or when she's around her uh, her jerk manager, Barthas, she's always like super cold, ice princess serious like a cyber new type. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then you see her out on her own, and she just looks so freaking happy oh, to yeah. get her hands on this meat bun. <laughs> and it's amusing that like that is where she shows more human feeling than anything. She's a foodie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and, and can... matched up with a jerk like Ragey. No surprise that uh, when the happening happened. Yeah. And they're so competitive. Like, that that whole thing with the meat, bu- meat bun, it's like, wow, they're that competitive against each other here. Imagine the, the, the Platsky ring, you know, <laughs> the built by their yeah. arena. So Yeah. And, of course, there is right now the mystery that neither knows the other is a Gunpla fighter because Isla wears that uh, weird suit and helmet yeah, in battle. Right. So no one knows what she looked like outside of battle. Is she part of Daft Punk, you think? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I mean, she is European. There you yeah, go. That's true. Yeah. She could be part of the uh, the Finnish branch of, of Daft Punk. They're expanding. <laughs> and then when we get to the uh, four-player battles, which is neat just that they had that, and we see so many cameos from you know different series, from F91, right. from Seed, from G, from Double O, from Victory, a couple. We get uh, from X from Zeta. I mean, so much crap running around all over the place. And uh, weird things like uh, this guy, Rainer from Germany, having a Gelgoog using the Sumo's flight booster skirt. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. That was way cool. It was a surprisingly effective yet odd combination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then seeing the, uh, the gimmick of the Star Build Strike, which uh, clearly is move beyond uh, the Gundam Seed aesthetic is yeah. embracing now the wings of the wings of light and um, sucking up energy particles and uh, another interesting little nod uh, given that we see so many pilots who look like characters from anime the female pilot of the uh, game Hulk is quite a bit like Junko from Victory yep. yeah I was trying to place her yeah. but I, I totally forgot yep. man definitely so, would have been amusing though if, if she had looked like Shara and, and had like that crazy 80s hair and was like a psychopath. Oh man, if only. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that would have been funny, but alas. So, going around, uh, let's close out this episode with uh, ratings for number 10. 
So, Sobro, what's your rating for this one? I'd give this episode, because so much happens in it and it's, uh, it's pretty engaging from start to finish, I'd give this episode four and a half terrible disguises out of five. All right. Neo? I'd have to give it uh, three and a half uh, Cobra Gundam flutes out of five. <laughs> All right. And I will give it three and a half meat buns out of five. There you go. I knew someone was going to go for it. <laughs> I love oh, hanging course. fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Or, in this case, the low-hanging bun. There you yeah, go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that falls tragically into the lake. <laughs> so, with that, we will end this segment. And uh, not the next episode, but probably the episode after this, we will have our reviews for episodes 11 through 15. So, get a look out for that. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MageQ. Sumire. She went home. She said she only came here to see that you were all right. Damn, the babe's leaving already. You didn't tell her anything about me, did you? Let's see, I think I mentioned that you're so behind that you needed to take summer classes or else you'd fail out. And of course I let her know that you had severe diarrhea last night. You got a problem with that? Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. Something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's Destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool. Gun- Damn! You got to be a stupid mother to get fired on your day off.
Welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. We're going to be cleaning out <clears throat> all the old questions in the mailbag so we can get a fresh start to 2014 after this. So we do have some voicemails, but we're going to leave those aside for now and focus only on the mailbag questions on Mecha Talk from the thread. We're going to start with Daigunum Lagan, who says, Hey guys! So as you guys know, Gundam and other anime have had their examples of avoidable deaths, especially with Emma, Katz, Sarah, and Apolli. And we know they could either be tragic or very funny, such as cats. What I want to ask is, number one, other than Emma looking at you, Soul Bro, oh boy, what do you find to be your saddest avoidable deaths? I've got a few. Uh, Haman Karn first comes to mind, destroying herself for no damn reason. That could be completely avoided. Um, I, I one that some people might find controversial is Grodek Ina from my age. After surviving the horrors of prison, I'm to believe a dude as tough as him could get shanked in the alleyway by some scrub. Come on, son. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he got out of jail just to die. Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, he he survived prison. That should prepare him for the streets, straight up. Trace Kushrenata, if he didn't have to complete his master plan, he would have never allowed Wu Fei to smoke him. <laughs> That's the only reason why he died. The only reason he could have avoided it, but he had to, he had to complete the plan. He was a perfectionist. It still tor- it still ended up torturing Wu Fei at the end. It he did. Couldn't get a real. He couldn't kill him. It's like you killed him, but you really didn't kill him. All part of the plan. <laughs> And my last one is all the people that Lonnie killed at Torrington base. Bonager should, Bonager should, Bonager should have done his job, man. Straight up. <laughs> all right, Neil. Uh, well, I gotta say, Saji's sister, Kinue. <laughs> <laughs> Don't that is Russia. an avoidable death. Yeah, when you see a crazy-looking guy who hasn't shaved in a while, and he's talking about mobile suits and engines and stuff, don't get in the car with him. Oh, but he had shaved and he was wearing a business suit. Yeah! Uh, he still was shady looking, man. He was. He oh, still was. Uh, yeah, you could still he say he was up to no good. He might have shaved a little bit, but I think he was in a ponytail, wasn't there, or something like that? He had yeah, the ponytail, so, yes. Yeah, so that, that's definitely <laughs> uh, an avoidable death. The moral um, to that story is stop snitching. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, of course, um, of course, the little girl that gets her blo- head blown off in a day on, she could have ducked. Don't peek, don't put your head up over the top during a gun battle. Mm-hmm. And um, keep your head low. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, let's see, that's it that I can think of right now. That could be right. that's kind of avoidable. I'll throw out one. Uh, oh. Hello, just a split second of you know oh, yeah. moving faster, and and he could have uh, he could have made it all the way to the end. <laughs> Damn. I'll go obscure with uh, F ninety one and and Arthur, who died for oh, the crime yeah. of trying to uh, Gundam while black. Yes. Yeah. But you're Arthur. You can get up. You... <laughs> that was pretty funny. Because he's Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I got one. Sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Finish up though. I got one. Why well, are you? Are you... You know, do uh, you know, do uh, the, the the mom with the uh, machine gun bullet? No, no <laughs> the casing? No, 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 not even nothing with F ninety one. If it's if it's if it's a funny death, save it for the next question. Oh, no doubt, no okay. doubt. Go number, number question number two is: other than cats, what are your favorite funny avoidable deaths? Okay, can I go? Go for it. The real rock guy and yes. counterattack. <laughs> Oh, of course. If you can identify it's a real rock, get the hell out of the way! <laughs> of course. 
that, that's an obvious one, but uh, any others? Um, go ahead. I might think of one or two while you guys are saying yours. Oh man, I, I'm I'm gonna say an obscure. I'm gonna say a controversial one, and then um, I, I'll I'll say the other one. Here we go. Uzumi Nara Athla from Seed, um, Akagali's dad. It's not a, oh. it's not intentionally funny, but he just stood there and allowed himself to be immolated. It's the most flashbacks death in the history of Gundam. And eventually, oh, the, are you sure though? Because what I, about I, mm-hmm. what about Nico? Oh shit! That might that might be a close one. I think, you know, I think Nico might be a close yeah. second place to we're, the Uzumi barbecue. We're gonna need we're gonna need some figures. <laughs> analytics. We need some analytics. It was flashback so mu- much that it was unintentionally funny after a while, <laughs> and 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 it's like yo, it's like I've seen it enough. I, I know this man died. <laughs> I don't need to see it again. And here's the kicker right here. This is the one that I know that we all found hilarious. Oliver Inouye from Victory. Oh, it's man. the only death brought to you by Goodyear, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna do the suicide attempt to destroy the thing, but I'm gonna go at the most densely uh, fortified part of the whole thing: the rolling rubber tire. I was just waiting for the, com- the bridge, mm-hmm. but the rolling rubber tire. I can only imagine the commercial break just had nothing but tire commercials. <laughs> Yokohama, son. But uh, yeah, those those are mine. Another obvious one, but also very funny. Uh, you. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbass Yuna. <laughs> he went out like a punk too, man. Terrible. Neo. Oh, uh, Toll. Oh Cause, no. Because <laughs> Toll. Because didn't didn't Kira tell him not to leave? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He got a little too exuberant for the job. Yeah. Man. <laughs> and it, and it was completely avoidable, and it was funny as hell because you're like, "Ooh, damn!" And once again, it was one of those ones after the initial shock of seeing it the first time, just like uh, Kagali's dad. Mm-hmm. Then each time they showed it, you know, the the 14 times after, it's <laughs> pretty goddamn funny. And then when you slow it down, you're like, oh wow, look at his spine. Okay. Bean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bean. All right. The next question comes from the Hod, who says, "Question for Neo dealing with robot apocalypse. How okay. do you classify cyborgs? Collaborators with the robots, aka the Borg, or another means of fighting robotic foes like the Mage?" Well, shit. If you're putting, a, if they're like the Borg, yeah, they're freaking robot apocalypse now. The major brings up the quandary because you do want to have sex with her because <laughs> she, she, she will have sex with you because, my God, this is the woman that was like to a fucking 11-year-old kid. Hey, you like what you see? You want to try it out? Oh, so man. that is a thing. But, you know, if there's circuits inside, I will not abide to their will. <laughs> man, I thought you almost would side with the with, with, with cyborgs with, with, because of the major, man. The major makes them look good. She makes him look yeah, real good. She does, but she could still be major. Got hacked. Oh yeah, Remember, true. she got hacked. So anything that gets hacked, it's not going to be part of my pack. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, you you're, if you're hackable, pack your bags. <laughs> the Hod also has another comment. He says, "I also have a true story. Back a few months when you had your man in the can discussion. Oh, I lost control of my car and crashed against a railing. The moment." Man in the can's actual name was spoken. <laughs> Did you think it wasn't? <laughs> Damn! I mean, oh. how many, how many, how many reviews of the various three Man in the Can movies that we do? Like sixteen. 
<laughs> That's not just there. It's also Chaos Theater has experienced the curse, too. Yes. Yeah, you did, too. Yeah, yes, indeed. Oh, since yeah. we took over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he also says, thanks for the free entertainment and big shout-outs to Sobro and Shoji for their live streaming. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Next, we have Furish Rodimus, who says, if Sunlines were to reboot Universal Century in animation, would you rather see its first entry based on the origin or the novelization? Well, this one seems pretty simple, given that they seem to be already doing the former. At some mm-hmm. point, I think I'd prefer the latter. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I probably say I, I I would say the origin because I could see it being animated, and I would rather see the novelization be made into live action, which is never going to happen. So hey, I'm, that's 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 my answer there. It's not dreamers and hopers. Hey man, I'll, I'll I'll keep dreaming and I'll keep getting disappointed. <laughs> Neil. Oh, I said I agreed with you, Chris. I'd, I'd rather see uh, the novelization. Since, okay. Yes. Since we're about to see the origin, supposedly. Possibly. Next, we have Philly Gundam fan who says, Whose movie would end fastest due to the death of its namesake? DK's Counterattack or Code Geass Revolves of the Rebellion? Sobro. <laughs> DJ Roomba or DJ Blunts? Oh, DJ Roomba all day, man. You can't kill him. He's uh, he's a Roomba with an iPad. With, sorry, with an uh, iPod. And an iPod docking station with speakers on it, man. He's been stepped on. He keeps coming back for more. I'll take him every time. <laughs> but as for DK's, as for, as for those two movies, man, DK's Counterattack would make one dollar at the box office. One dollar. <laughs> Stop the counterattack. There you go. <laughs> My stomach's hurting. He, he, oh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have had that sriracha sub. Even, <laughs> even, the toil- even the toilet wins that battle. <laughs> DK can't win. He just can't. <laughs> Next, we have Vent Noir who says, What's the title and artist of the Michael Bay song you play for the Survey News Alert, and where can I find the full version? Oh. Bastards. I'm glad he asked, man. Um, no, because that's not, that's garbage the way that they do that song. I protest. <laughs> Survey well, should not be put into the way that they do that song, and I'm myth. not going to perpetrate this. But for those who don't, for those who don't know, it's from a podcast by, hosted by Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman called Hollywood Babylon, which you can find, which you can find at smodcast.com and on iTunes. Uh, HBO is a weekly show that they host in front of a live studio audience where they talk about the latest showbiz-related news stories in a comedic fashion. The sample that I use is a lead-in. That part, <laughs> except for the Michael Bay ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> The sample that I use is a lead-in for their Movies That Will Suck segment where they rap about uh, newly announced film projects that are too terrible to be real, but are. <laughs> and, and this is coming from two guys that have you know, put a pretty big stain on uh, film history at some times with some of their... <laughs> <laughs> it's more so Ralph than Kevin, just, just so just exactly, I should point out. Yeah, but not exactly Scorsese and freaking De Niro there. Or... <laughs> Wrong, man. You just made it into a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> you guys really got to listen to that show, man. It's outstanding. It inspires me as a Those podcaster, man. Funny. That thing is funny. Though. Yeah, they have great segments, and um, it's it's a fantastic listen every week. Get on that stuff. Just jump into the latest episode. You'll catch on real quick. All right. We have next Zero the Math Knight, who says, Hi, Gundam crew. This question is for Neil, but since it involves Chris and Sobro, I'd like to hear your answers, too. Mm-hmm. The war against the machines has begun. Ugh. You are captured and knocked unconscious. 
You then wake up after an indeterminate amount of time in the company of the other two Gundam hosts. You are the only ones living a robotic within a one kilometer radius of where you're at. You have a damaged robot scanner, and right now it's telling you that one of you is a robot. It can't be displayed because the GUI is damaged. Somehow your memories and personality have been programmed into a robot with skin a la the Terminator. If you are a human and you make a mistake, the robot's programming will override the personality and will kill you and the other human. Hmm. If you're the robot without knowing it and you touch the human, your programming will override your personality and kill both of them. If you are the robot and you're able to figure it out, you'll short out and the other two will be saved. What do you do? Ho-ho! Kill everyone. <laughs> because if, if this is the Damn, war you against, stole my answer. <laughs> if, if this is the war against the machines and I've been knocked out, mm-hmm. hopefully they, the robots didn't find my hidden grenade. So what I just do is I just pop that and we all die. The end. So Man. You can't, yeah, I got it all figured out. They're, they're probably trying to trick me. Oh, you might be a robot. No, screw that. Nice. I think there's two approaches you can take to this. There's the physical approach where you can punch a nearby wall or use a sharp object to cut yourself to the bone and th- or throw an object as hard as you can to see how fast it travels. Yeah, but what if I'm a Cylon? Uh, yeah, but I mean, it, he, he did, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, not like a Cylon. He said, all out like the Terminator, which means your bone density is metal. <laughs> yeah, but what wasn't one of the Terminators I liquid? Uh, but there was a liquid Terminator yeah, and I, I, I don't know, but I, I never saw Terminator three, so I can't speak to that. But, um, all the Terminators, oh, no, the that was Terminator two, Terminator two, two, that's Terminator two, two T1000 yeah. liquid mm-hmm. metal. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 T-1000 was liquid metal and... The Universal ride? Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. But um, there's that or the mental approach. Uh, I, the human mind is different from a computer mind. So if you ask yourself a question that you wouldn't know the answer to, like name all the names of the people that are in your third grade class and you're able to recall them all, then you might be a robot. Because <laughs> if they made a perfect copy of someone's mind, I don't think they can replicate how the m- human mind processes data. So, um, you know, they could prove me wrong, uh, but much easier, much easier, too much, too much. Hey, hey, man, I'm just saying, I just, I I thought about the question and I (laughs) just shoot shoot everybody. It's easier. Yeah. Shoot everybody. And I don't want to come up with the thing that I'm a robot. There we go, man. You you don't want to be Terminator Salvation. The Sergio, the Sergio Leone way. (laughs) Last man standing. Sweet. (laughs) All right. Next up is because in a bulldozer who says, Hello. (laughs) <laughs> Number one, if a gunplot outbreak happens due to a global supersaturation of plastic particles, how would you guys try handling it? Well, what I would go to the nearest prison and get everybody there and fight off the plastic particle zombies. Is that what I would do? Nice. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't I just, understand this question. I just let it happen, man. That's a post-apocalypse I'll gladly take. <laughs> yeah, I think this might be not too bad. You're talking I can take toys and make them into uh, fun things I can uh, f- battle other people with. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, a, that's not a bad way to go. That's, I think, I think we'll be all right. Breaks I'm cool with. I think we'll be all right. <laughs> I, I think I would use this opportunity to conquer the world. There you go. Yeah, you could do that too, yeah. And bend it to uh, my fascist rule. And if you bastards all thought that... I was horrible on Mecha Talk. Mm-hmm. Oh. You ain't seen nothing yet until I have the power of life and death in my hand. And Listen to these Anyone as- who opposes me <laughs> will be killed ruthlessly. Oh, man. If you I, dare I, to think anything differently from me, you'll be sent to my re education camps. Nice. Nice. Listen to these aspirations, man. I'm inspired. <laughs> and the first to go 
4chan? We'll be the entirety of 4chan. Oh, man. <laughs> Look out, M. <laughs> the rivers will run red with their blood. There you go. All who oppose me will be smited. <laughs> okay. Another question? Is there another question? <laughs> question, number, question number two. I think Neo is the best equipped to uh, answer this question in light of um, previous comments. Who is the Dominic Toretto equivalent amongst all of the Gundam pilots? <laughs> he, she, does not have to be bald, but has to live life a quarter mile at a time. Oh, man. It would have to be Judo. Really, Judo? And I'll, give you, I'll give you this reason why, because he was pretty carefree. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a latchkey kid. He considered all his friends kind of like his family, mm-hmm. and he had that weird sister complex, just like Dom does. And I was thinking Hero. There's just no Paul Walker guy. (laughs) I was thinking Hero Yui because he's monotone and he throws himself out of all sorts of vehicles. Really? Yeah, I, why, I, would you, why would you even think that? Because yeah, if Dom's Dom, got a personality at least. I mean, yeah. He's, he's a little, I mean, Hero, wow, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> he's, he's way too intense. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe maybe not it's Judo, maybe uh, in addition to Judo, maybe... Garrett? No, the first lock-on. Oh, lock-on number one. Yeah. Rock-on. probably both of them. <laughs> probably both of them because they were kind of the same. Mm-hmm. But... um. Because they're because they're kind of the same way, kind of focused, but then yeah. so I, I I got nothing. So question number three: If Sunrise adapted Hamlet using mobile suits, much like how Sengoku Den was an adaptation of Romance of the Three Kingdoms, mm-hmm. which mobile suits would be the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern equivalent? The V8 and Mercurius are banned. Oh, nice question. Well, I'm gonna go with the obvious answer, mm-hmm. which is uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern from Transformers the movie. Uh huh. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Um, wow, this Which, if you if you don't know, were uh, blown up like weird multicolored patchwork um, in joke versions of the Rick Diaz and Galbaldi. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't know that until we watched Transformers the movie the other day on the uh, on the live stream channel, and uh, it got brought up during the conversation. And then I looked it up afterwards, and it's like, wow, that's freaky. I had no idea that Zeta Gundam has kind of like a real morbid cameo in Transformers the movie. Which is uh, awesome and 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 sad at the same time. <laughs> um, I'd I'd have to go with uh, two mobile suits piloted by characters who seem to be loyal to the series' main character, but inevitably betray them. Um, the Ultimate Gundam, which is piloted by Ulube Ishikawa, and um, the Palace Athene, that's uh, piloted by Rakoa Lond. So that would be uh, those would be my picks right there. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking about like kind of that aristocratic look maybe <laughs> the Gion. oh and, yeah and um uh sd night why, why not the gian gia gian the gian 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 or the, or the sd uh night gun all right we next have Raijin, who says, Hello again, Gundam Ministers. I know mm-hmm. it's been a while, so I wanted to get one more question in before the year is out. My question is, what are your best and worst mecha pilot teams? Oh, We're man. talking any unit or group of pilots that work well together on the battlefield for comic effect. Those teams, that no matter how hard they try, just can't seem to get together. A particular team of eight from Gundam Age springs to mind. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. 
I've had quite the crappy year so far, but listening to you guys each month has kept me in the fight. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Well, thank you, man. Damn. Um, I know uh, my best teams, uh, Rumble Rawls team from Mobile Suit Gundam, they may have not been successful, but they respected their leader and they worked well as a team, save for the, uh, the fatal mistakes they made. <laughs> The uh, Celestial Being Boys, they work pretty pretty well as a team. Like Out of uh, most of the Gundam teams in the show that are just comprised of Gundams, I'd have to say that they're probably one of the, the best teams out there. Um, you know they lost they lost a pilot on the way, but um and lost crew members, but they were they're a pretty tight bunch. Um, the Eighth MS team, you know they came together when the time called for it, and um, they were able to handle business. Uh, and uh, Team Jamil from Gundam X. I thought was a was a was a solid team. The 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 crew of his ship. Um, Are you going to leave any? Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. You go go for it. Go for it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Universal Century. <laughs> but go for it. I, I I stand down. I'd have to say one of the worst mecha pilot teams would have to be Atherin's team from uh, Seed. Because he was a pretty crappy leader. He loses one guy, another guy defects, and the other guy doesn't <laughs> hates his guts. So that's that's a pretty bad team. Um, probably an example of a pretty good team that kind of started off awkward. Shuffle mm-hmm. Alliance. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad pick. Well, that probably the only things I had left. Well, what do you have left? <laughs> what do you got, Chris? <laughs> gun scrap, cannon, scrap. gun tank, and. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so bad. T- yeah, obviously, Missions Eight is uh, is a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that's clearly pretty bad: the Scarlet Team from 0080. Wow! Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. sucked. They 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 sucked so for them died off screen, <laughs> and they accomplished nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Don't got any good teams. <laughs> I'd Did- say a, a pretty good team that that built up over time was. Um, Uso's team between him and Odello and Tosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not the strike team. Cause... Yeah, I, w- I was going to say the strike team is one of the worst teams out there, man. They got slaughtered. They got they got picked off. So it's like if they worked yeah, as a team, I never – I never. Yeah, if, I, if, if they worked together well, I never saw it. <laughs> That's why I'm talking about these three kids and not all those unfortunate women. Oh, God, no. We have EA Net dude with some questions saying, mm-hmm. number one. You are sent to Tokyo to compete in the Gunpla Build Fighters Tournament. What Gunpla would you choose to build, and what customizations do you make? Note, Turn A is not an option for you, Damn. except for Solbro, as he has proven to be unfit for Turn A. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. What'd you do, shit in this guy's cornflakes? No, he, he watches us play on e, on the EX versus the Gun Damnation sessions, and I, I played with the Turn A and lost miserably. Um, and, uh, what was the other thing? Uh, it was some other thing else that, uh, that makes me unfit for the turn A, apparently. References like, I'm gonna go kick all your asses with my man, Laron. I did it once! But yeah, I, I, I've made a fool of myself in the turn A several times on stream, so no, uh, I, I, I'm not fit for the turn A. I, or any suit of that cost, so. <laughs> but, uh, what, what were you guys' thoughts, man? I'll, I'll represent uh, hate and use strike noir. Ah, there you go. There you go. What customization would you want, though? He said more hate. <laughs> hate cannons. Man, um, I'd get the red frame astray. Man, I'd replace the cockpit with the motion control capture chambers uh, from G yeah, Gundam. How, how, how old did that work out? 
How well has the uh, red frame worked out for you? Too? I've got the best. I've got my best. Uh, my best performances are in that suit. I'm not. I'm not good at the game. Let me put that on the table. But uh, I'm used to playing that suit now, so I do. I do enjoy the melee abilities that it has, and um, I'd add extra fighting capabilities of the God Gundam and sword fighting capabilities of the Exia and Red Frame. Um, handguns of the Strike Noir and the cloaking tech of the Blitz Gundam. And lastly, the dual GN drive system of the Double O, complete with the Trans Am and Naked Space. Lots of Naked Space. There you go. <laughs> all right, well, I would do Perfect Strike with mm-hmm. Funnels plus Moonlight Butterfly. Wins all. There you go. You, you, you got it covered. <laughs> and Gundam Hammer. Gundam Hammer! <laughs> Just for last. <laughs> Number two, you are stranded on an island for weeks until helps arrive. Until help arrives, one of your items you manage to take with you is episode one of any mecha anime TV series or OVA to watch at your leisure. What episode one do you choose? Oh man, that's easy, man. Die Guard, kick-ass pilot episode, man. I love that first episode. It's it's probably my probably my favorite pilot episode of any show of any uh, mecha anime series. All right, Neil, Um, just mecha, right? Okay, Um, Gundam Double O. Oh, that's okay. not a bad I pick. I like that first episode. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go uh, Megazone 23. Oh, oh. shit. You're going, you're going OVA on us, son. Yep. <laughs> not bad. Okay, so this is amusing. Um, not normally allowed in the mailbag, but there is a comment from RoboLizard222 mm-hmm. regarding the, uh, the RoboQuandry question. Mm-hmm. Okay. He says, damn, that's easy. Robot wins every time a especially if it realizes its true potential, do the right thing and save both of the other hosts from danger. Wait, could this mean Neil has joined the mechanical race? Oh. <laughs> no, I told you. I kill everyone. I kill myself. Everybody's got to go. <laughs> Everyone's got to go, man. Kill them all, let God sort them out, right? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> he, uh, he also has a question in, in the next oh, post. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. That... Um, relates uh, loosely to uh, Chaos Theater segment. He says, Hello, Gundam 3. Mm-hmm. I had a pleasant chat the other day with two aquatic mammals of the podcasting and offering kind. Oh. And truly wonderful chaps. They got me to thinking, though, are there any mech-related books or audiobooks out there, excluding Starship Troopers, that are a pretty good read? Man. Well, audiobooks, uh, I got nothing for you. Yeah. Uh, but if you're talking about books, well, of course, there is the Gundam trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. Um, I, I'm a big. I I really enjoyed as I was growing up. I enjoyed the uh, Robotech books from Jack McKinney. I can't really say I've read a lot of uh, mecha related bo- uh, uh, novels or books, so I can't I can't speak too much on that. But uh, the Robotech series from Jack McKinney is my my recommendation. <laughs> I, no, I haven't read that many mecha related books. I've read mm-hmm. other books, but not really many re- mecha related ones outside the ones that you've talked about and the ones that we can't talk about. Mm-hmm. Either that, or can I get one of those old choose your own path ones? There you go. <laughs> choose your own path. You're Ramba Raw. <laughs> sure. <laughs> do I or do I say uh, very weird things to this young boy? Play with me, boy. <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> All right. We have Zero the Mass Knight having some more questions here. He says One of the most chilling scenes I've ever seen in any anime is from the anime. The Matrix clip, the second renaissance. During the war sequence, the machines capture a powered armor with a soldier inside. Tomes. They tear him and rip him out of it while his arms are still plugged in and he's screaming wildly. Yeah. So my 
questions are, number one, the situation is a lot similar to the Victory Gundam mass driver scene and the scene where Hallelujah stabs a tear in the cockpit. Can you think of a countermeasure for this scene? Since the pilot will be dead anyway, I'm thinking verbally activated self-destruct. Yeah, do the old hero. I, I, you got to do it with a little show, though. you got to walk out your cockpit and just it, it, it go boom. If you have time. Accepted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe he killed himself. Those pilots are nuts. Hey, man, the only way out of that situation is to come equipped with plot armor. That's all. <laughs> did, did, did Nicolas Cage just bust into this podcast? Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it is his birthday today. You do know that, right? Oh, man. He's born the day after I am? That's freaking crazy, man. That's a, a dark and terrible day. Dang, man. That's <laughs> what, awesome. Solbro's Sol birthday or Nick Cage? Nick <laughs> I didn't know which one you were talking about. Oh, man. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, come equipped with plot armor, man. That's how you survive that situation. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm down with self-destruct, Solbro. I, I just say come equipped with plot armor. That's my only. That's the only thing. Besides self-destruct, I can't think of anything else. Number two. Second Renaissance part of the tomes? I'd like to recommend it if it isn't. It shows a full-scale war between humanity and machines and shows how ineffective conventional tactics are. The machines later simply become too big or whatever caliber to affect them. Oh, yeah, it's part of it. I mean, the first Matrix, the second Matrix, the Animatrix, we don't accept the third Matrix, but they're, they're part of the tomes. Yeah, yeah I would hope it All is, right. man. It, it's, it's nightmare fuel of the Robopocalypse, man. That, that, it's, yeah. it's pretty effective. And it's a guide to know, know that when you're plugged into the machine. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Have you guys seen the Animatrix? If so, what do you think about it? As a side note... The second Renaissance was directed by Mahiro Maeda, who also directed Gankutsuo. Ooh, man. Um, I own yeah, the, we've, we've all seen it. Yeah, I own the Animatrix, man. Uh, my two favorite segments are The Beyond, um, which was directed by uh, Koji Morimoto, who, who did Memories, Magnetic Rose. The Magma Magnetis, yeah, Magnetic Rose segment of Memories. Um, it's the one where the kids find that glitch and they start playing around in it and all these weird things start happening. I'm saying that's yeah. how you know you're plugged into the system. Exactly. And um, the other one is a detective story, which is that uh, film noir, noir uh, prequel to the first Matrix. It's got uh, Trinity as a character that's in it, and it's directed by Shinichiro Watanabe from uh, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Cowboy Bebop fanboy. Oh, boy. All day. <laughs> yeah, Matrix, uh, it's great stuff and definitely better than either of the inferior sequels. Damn. <laughs> but you'd be right. Too much of a, I don't have too much of a problem with number two because of the freeway scene and some of that stuff. But yeah, I just recently was, I, you know, when Amazon was doing all those crazy deals, I got the freaking Ultimate one, the trilogy on um, the Ultimate Matrix thing with all that shit um, on Blu-ray mm -hmm. for like 25 bucks. And I, I still sat there as I'm about to click on. I'm like, but it's gonna come with three, you know. It's 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 just like when you look at like, um, you know, like you, you get those box sets of like the first X-Men movies. It's like, but damn, it's got Last Stand or it's got Spider-Man three. Do I really need this? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll sell it separately. So. All right. Next we have uh, uh, Yokozuna who says hello. <laughs> Number one. Having recently been addicted to the SNL Korea Grand Theft Auto skits, here's my question. Which mecha title would be a great GTA spinoff? A few ideas to get the ball rolling are GTA Crossbone Vanguard and GTA Bison Well. Ooh, GTA Bison Well. Would be fun. Man, I wouldn't want... You know what? Um, I know that uh, I would love to see an open world version of some games. I guess you can make a GTA base, but um, my pick is After War Gundam X. 
you turned into like a full-fledged open world game with uh, you're in and out of the mobile suits and you add all the storylines from the show and even the ones that got shelved during the uh, production of the show because the show got cut short i mean if if i was behind it i would make it epic man i would take how would you but how would you get five stars (laughs) there's there's really there's really no law enforcement at that point in that in that world each province has their own government or lack thereof faced by the new federation and the frost brothers yeah in some areas that are lawless you 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 attract the attention of greater criminal elements and in other areas you you get you garnered the attention from uh would i be able to pick up whores and do them in my mobile suit hey man okay you're 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 garrett man you do whatever you want man you sleep with eno l (laughs) you live the life man i'd even put the prequel of you playing a young Jamil Nate and then a uh, epilogue quest for Under the Moonlight afterwards, man. I made that game grandiose, man. It'd be the best. It'd be the best. And then I I go back to my based on the mobile ops engine. Yeah, based on the mobile ops engine. Brought to you by the mobile ops engine, the game that will never come out. After War Gundam X GTA. <laughs> okay. Neo, there you go. Your, your GTA game. Mm-hmm. Oh, it has to be in the Age universe. So I could chase Keo and finally kill him. <laughs> okay. And kill most of those annoying people in that. Thing. Oh no. Sounds sounds good. Yeah. Uh, my GTA game would be Elgheim, so that I could constantly uh, cart me- metal jack, gablet, gablet, and beat the crap <laughs> yeah. out of him, and then laugh at him. <laughs> and fly. You could fly around in those cool like hovering uh, cockpit seats too. So, yeah. Yeah. Those are cool. all weird and crazy. Yeah. Number two, who would be the ideal spokesperson for Anaheim Electronics? John Moshida, a.k.a. Autobot Blur, Steve Ballmer, Shamwell Guy, or, or Terry Crews? Pick Terry Crews because he has so much power. <laughs> oh, this is easy. Who? Gordon Gecko. <laughs> he's not one of. I don't think. I don't think he's. A, he's, he's not one of the, the choices. <laughs> oh, I got a pick from these guys. Sadly. Yeah, it's, 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 oh, uh, I thought you could do. From, oh, no, it's from this selection. Well, I I want Anaheim Electronics to to thrive, so it wouldn't be Steve Ballmer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to have stagnant growth for 15 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Shamwell guy probably would be able to sell it. Yeah, but he's, he's he punches sure hookers. Ted, yeah, and he punches hookers, so he's just like most CEOs. So, I mean, yeah, Shamwell guy. Okay, uh, I guess I'd have to go with Terry Crews. Terry Crews, huh? Uh, I would probably go with John Machida because to have him go from talking about micro-machines to mega-sized machines would be too too awesome. That'd be kind of cool. But if I, if I had my choice in the matter, I'd go with Billy D. Williams, man. That man's got a voice so dope. If he was the spokesperson for a company as crooked as Umbrella Corporation, I'd still buy their products. <laughs> Jackson, I'll just yell at people. And, oh, and, and when, when something breaks down, I'll be like, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and his last question, which mobile suit would win a knife fight complete with Michael Jackson's beat it playing in the background? Vanilla Strike or Age One? Hmm. Man. These, vanilla Strike. I'd, I'd got to give it to the Vanilla Strike too, man. Jesus Yamato is unbeatable, man. Especially to the sounds of the King of Pop, man. <laughs> Plus he's got double daggers too. He'd moonwalk. So does so does uh, so does Age One. Yeah, but he'd still moonwalk all over Flit, man. <laughs> I, th- I think I have to give this one to Flit because Would you? his mm-hmm. first kill, he 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 managed to do a shanking pretty damn well. Oh yeah, shit! That doesn't. Yeah, because Kira did get 
dumbass Miguel with that big ass sword. So overconfident bastard. Hey, if we're talking day one, guys, then yeah, I'd probably go with Flip because Flip yeah. Flip has. No, it's day one. If it's okay. if it's day one combos, man, Flip is because he's just the angry uh, the angry mech pilot, man. He's so angry. All right, we have some questions from Angel Wing Zero who says, "Hey guys, loving the show as always. Got some host specific questions this time. Mm-hmm. Neo." Which human sympathizer would you want on your side? Bishop from Aliens or Mega Man? Oh, no Switzerland. No Switzerland. What do you want? More my uh, soul, bro? Oh boy. Mega Man. He's got a he's got a longer track record of saving humans. Yeah, and Bishop, all he can do is vomit milk. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. He doesn't do anything. Well, Mega damn. Man. Mega Man and his track record. <laughs> he's got a good resume. And he he's does. Got all those weapons. Yeah. He does. He's, 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 he puts in the work. He comes with recommendations. Mm-hmm. Part two, Joseph, or part three, Joseph? Wow, excellent question. Um, what does that mean? Part four, the question. It's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, Joseph Joestar is in both uh, both part two and part three of that story. Uh, part two is his younger form, and I would go with that because he's he's on this Indiana Jones game during that time. He faces off with Nazis, busts out Tommy guns out of nowhere. I gotta go with part two, Joseph. Man, young Joseph Joestar is the shit. Okay. Chris, just finished Lesnar, so can you verbalize the hate of age shaming VMAX? Ooh. Yeah, it, it, it did put uh, blue power-ups to shame, so uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, age. Damn. I have no idea what those words mean. <laughs> You'll find out of it. I will. We have Diagon Lagan asking another question. He says to Neo, have you ever watched Fairly Odd Parents, especially that one episode where Timmy wishes for the world to be exactly like a futuristic comic that he didn't even finish, thus not knowing that robots will turn on humanity? Ooh. Whether you did or not, how do you feel about the fact that even kids' shows are showing the evils of AI robots? Because other mainstream kids' shows with robots don't exactly depict the danger of artificial intelligence. Uh, no, I'm, I haven't seen that episode, but I think that that should be required viewing of all children to know the, the death that can come from AI robots. Uh, they're not all Scarlett Johansson talking to us from a speaker in her house. And even if they were, she's still going to rip your face off. And I find <laughs> it I'd very be okay po- with that. <laughs> I find it. I find it very. I find it very funny that you know when I started this crusade against the robots, most people thought I was crazy. And I I, I put this observation when I was doing the uh, Lord King news Christmas special with uh, Dolo that. Uh, I find it interesting now that more and more people, every time, especially during the news, are like, um, I used to think you were nuts, but now as I'm reading this stuff, I think you might be onto something. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, it will happen. It won't be zombies. It'll be robots that rip our faces off. So, All right. Yeah, we need something to do that robot propaganda movie. That Scarlett Johansson movie. That's robot, robot oh, propaganda. You're talking about her, right? With uh, with with Joaquin Phoenix. No, the other robot Scarlett Johansson movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm just trying to make sure this is what I, this I one you talk been about. Under a rock, dude. Hey, it's man. Like been the biggest. I mean, I don't even pay attention to this crap. And it's yeah. On there all the time. So. Hey, man. Yes, that one. Robo propaganda. I like Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I watched that stupid movie about the zoo just to watch her. Damn. <laughs> I'm not going to watch something that's robo-propaganda. <laughs> Hell of it. All right. Live free. <laughs> or <Freedom>. die hard. <laughs> no. No. Today is a good day to die hard. No. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Terrible. <laughs> anyway, Silver August has an interesting question. He says, hello, Gundam crew. Here's the situation. 
Keo has won the space lottery, and the little bastard intends to give it all away to the people understanding sensitive space use organizations. Oh, oh wow. Crew pull off the heist to steal the money. Oh, damn. At first, I thought I would, I would, you know, get Danny Ocean and have him build a team. Mm-hmm. But I came up with a simpler solution. Just walk up to Keo, shoot him in the face. Oh, Jesus. I don't, even need, I, don't even, I don't even need the money. I don't, I don't even I need a, it. I'd get a better one. Mm-hmm. A bunch of mechs that transform into Mini Coopers, and you recruit Michael Caine. Michael Caine? Yeah, the original <laughs> Italian job, not the oh, crappy remake shit, from a man. couple of years ago. But the, the good one, yes. You gonna hire Alfie, son? Let's go. You never seen that movie, Silver? <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Okay. <laughs> I, I know it's before a certain point, so I, I know you and classic film. Sometimes. First off, I watch plenty of old movies, so don't even don't even start. <laughs> I, I was gonna take the Danny Ocean approach, man. I was gonna I was gonna hire Lupin the Third and Team Jamil to pull oh, yeah. off the greatest heist in the history of Gundam, man. Let's go. Well, the Lupin. The only problem is Kyo might, if he hires uh, Fujiko, then Lupin's, he's going to screw it all up. So. Hey, hey, man. It, it'll be like stealing candy from a baby, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what, what's, what's, what's he going to do? He's going to try to kill us? No. He's going to try to understand why we're taking his money as we're taking his money. <laughs> so <laughs> he's boned either way. Case closed. Or that or get the pikeys from Snatch. Yes. Yes, man. Get Brad Pitt and his boys. Let's. I'm. I'm all down, man. And of course, uh, and of course, uh, Turkish man. We got to get him too. <laughs> yeah, screw, screw him. All right. We have Yokozuna Bulldozer chiming in with some more questions, and he says, "Hello. Mm-hmm. Number one, if all three of you guys were F91s, how long do you think you would last performing the signature metal shedding to cool off before being reduced to nothing but gundanium alloy dust? <laughs> uh, not long." <laughs> <laughs> What the hell kind of question is this? I don't even understand this question. I mean, I know the... Hey, man, sometimes people have clunkers. (laughs) I I don't even know how to to approach this. Next question. (laughs) Number two. Mm -hmm. Father Solbro, which mecha do you see fit to be blessed and represented as the signature mecha of the Hopers and Dreamers? Also, which battleship do you deem worthy as a citadel for hopers and dreamers. Oh. I think, in other words, he's basically um, identified you as a cult. Hey, oh wow. Well, I would hope not. But uh... would Father <laughs> Solbro have a bunch of young Asian boys? Part oh, of stop talking. <laughs> for 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 I the, I think the chariot for the uh, the old hopes and dreams man would be uh, Basara Neki's VF19 custom Excalibur, the the old Fire Valkyrie man. Um, you know, he, he, no, no, he, no, no, no. he's the guy, no. man. He's the guy. He's, no, he, no, no. he didn't fire a shot. No, 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 <laughs> no, you're, you, mm-hmm. your chariot what? is the old riser. Oh, sh- <laughs> Completely automated but that's not heart. a, that's not a mecca. It's a fucking, it's a, it's a, it's an accessory. Exactly. <laughs> it's not quite the mecca, but it'll have to do, huh? <laughs> It's piloted by your man. I know it is. I know it is, but I I thought about that. But since church, (laughs) follower zero, follower zero. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Um, He's like your job. The he's he's your he's your he's your personal Jesus. Yeah. Look, (laughs) that's a nice. That's an honorable mention. (laughs) 
sense. But uh, I'll take that into consideration. But the ship that I would pick is a ship that would be kooky enough to have us, and that's the Nadesco. It's the most random crew compliment in mecha anime, so I think that would be a, be a nice home for us. So that would be the pick. Question number three. Would you guys watch a Gundam Build Fighter spinoff where it is set in a post-apocalyptic world where everyone wears tires and sports equipment? <laughs> I'm there. I'm old, there. Old man Mal pupils, the last successor to the Gunpla Shingyo school, wandering the desolate earth with his Gunpla in search for his lover. <laughs> for some reason, the wall is always around giving pro tips. See, he stuck the landing, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad takeoff, but um, yeah. Without question, that concept is crazy enough to work, man. <laughs> I'm always down with post-apocalyptic world with people wearing tires. And did I, I didn't hear anything about mohawks, though. Will there be any mohawks? All I know is I think should be assumed. All I know okay. is that an assumption. Yes. It's safe to make this assumption that at least one or two people will have a mohawk. Okay. All I know is losers weight. <laughs> what I want to see is in Gunpla Battles mm-hmm. that, that Mal goes, He's like, your gunpla is already dead. No, it falls apart. Do, do, do. (laughs) Fatal KO. (laughs) And our final set of questions from this original mailbag thread Mm -hmm. come from Faze Daniel. Oh. says, hello there. First of all, I don't blame you Gundam podcasters for missing out on my questions from that previous podcast because of Skype, so I understood that. Mm -hmm. So to repay for that debt, here are my questions. Number one, during one of the major conventions in Malaysia, I saw a cosplayer cosplayed as the Gundam Unicorn Destroy Mode, and yes, I mean, he dressed up as the mobile suit, Mm -hmm. which in my opinion is possibly the most epic cosplay I've ever seen. I even have a picture of me with that cosplay on Facebook, and he has a link. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, has there ever been any experience from you all seeing a cosplayer dressing up as Gundams or any robots that looks quite realistic? I can't say in person, but I remember seeing uh, an article or a picture of uh, uh, someone dressed as uh, Optimus Prime and could transform into the truck mode. That that shit impressed me because that's that's got to be difficult as hell. <laughs> Does uh, Truckosaurus count? Truck. <laughs> well, he transforms from a truck to a T-Rex, and then he fires, he shoots flames out of his uh, nose, and he crushes cars. That doesn't count. Does it? Him, Not cosplay, but it's it's a good good try. Him and Gravedigger. I will say the most <laughs> epic cosplay that I ever had was when I met Fat Shark. <laughs> I've seen the pictures. <laughs> It, it wasn't it wasn't too good for Char those those last couple of years with the Zeon Force. No, he was waiting to get his pension. So way too many donuts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> too much salt, man. Too much water. Too much salt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the only thing that pops up for me for my personal experience is one year at Yusumicon there was a there's a dude dressed up as uh, Gundam Ground type and oh, wow. it was a pretty good costume. Wow. Not bad. Yeah, it's it's got to be tough to do the cosplay like that. Probably expensive yeah. as hell, too. Probably. Question number two. Guilty Crown has quite amazing mecha designs with their end laves, even though mecha is not the primary genre of this series. Question is, have you guys ever been quite impressed with the mecha designs from anime, which mecha is the primary genre of those particular shows? For me, the one that jumps out is the... Uh, the French knight mecha from Gankutsuo. Damn it, man! <laughs> I, 
was just, that, you that, know I had to say that before you got. I I agree. I agree. I, I've got nothing else. That was the first thing that came to my mind. So uh, I I'm in full agreement with you, man. That show does not have a focus on Mecca. Matter of fact, when Mecca starts to show up in the show, it's shocking. <laughs> it's it's shocking. It's, you forget that there's Mecca in this show because there you see you see a glimpse of it in the beginning, and there's a whole stretch of episodes where you don't see an inch of it, and then later on, like towards the middle, then the Mecca battles start happening, and they're not a f- primary focus, but they're neat when you get to see them. So yeah, I, I second your uh your your pick of that, man. Um, it's a tough question, man. I was trying to think of anything else. Maybe ask a flung. I think there's a since the, the, the mecha too much. Uh, yeah, yeah, they do use them a little bit too much. But I always still kind of think of it as more of like a fantasy show that I mean, has mecha. To me, I, I disqualify any show where the, sh- the where the mecha is in the title because you know that that does true. have a focus. That um, is true. And I was trying to think of anything else, like something that was uh, Takahashi related, like Flag. Flag would probably be the other other thing I can think of. But I think mecha really has a a strong presence in that show. Aside from the actual story, so I couldn't Gundam. even count that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but yeah, I've got nothing else. All right. And the last question, both from uh, Faze Daniel and also of the night, mm-hmm. this is Ultimate Gravion is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful giant robot combinations I've ever seen. However, we feel that some combinations or even ultimate combinations of giant robots or mechas from Japanese animes that I would dream to see in those animes but never happen. Question is, which giant robots or mecha combination from Japanese anime which are never seen in the TV show would you dream to see in the future and why? I've combinations like their pieces coming together or like any kind of like theoretical ones that could have possibly happened you know outside of the realm of the show's reality um if if it was under those circumstances i would say desert tiger and um gundam seed if him and his zoid scott squadron could come together and combine into a uber mech kira would have been bodied quick <laughs> you know if they came together and formed some kind of voltron type suit that, that would have been that would have been something or um domon and the shuffle alliance uh should have been able to form the royal flush gundam <laughs> a full hand of action-packed adventure but can i do a cross across different uh shows yeah um, okay well i would like to see all of the various mechas of all soul bros men oh boy to Combine into the milk toast, the milk toast mac. The milk toast mobile suit. <laughs> yeah, because the, uh, the O riser would form the head, just like uh, old boy from Voltron did. And I'm Saji, and Haro will fill the head, form the head for me because I don't do anything. <laughs> Come battle <their> milk toast. <laughs> yeah. There you, go. there you go, man. The greatest mech team in the history of anime. Let's get on it. <laughs> I have no clue. You just, you just, it's kind of a weird question that you've got to sit there and think of, but it's kind of difficult to think of and take seriously. Well, the only one that um, really jumps out for me that uh, didn't happen in the TV show, but I believe happened in some games, is from the original Dan Cougar. Mm-hmm. The Dan Cougar and the Black Knight, he's got this um, sort of like bird flying mecha thing, and... You think that it would be a perfect combination as like a flight pack for Dan Cougar, mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen in the TV show. So we do get to see it happen in other medium, but I would have liked to have seen it in the TV show. Damn. Or you could do the cross of the two most pathetic um, 
loser villains, piloting insect mecha, burn burnings, and Jared Mesa. Oh. Out try to do something together. <laughs> and they'd probably they'd probably still fail at it. But the kind of hideous combination would that be? Well, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, what was it? The, the, it's the Galberth? Is that what that, that insect one in Zeta was called? I forget what it's called, but... It, I think it starts with a G. Gaplay? Gaplay, yeah. Ooh. That, and then, of course, Burn Burnings, Mr. Black Knight himself. <laughs> it would look like an abortion. Oh. <laughs> I'm the Black Knight. Nobody can figure out who I am. Oh, you you, you sound and look like Burn Burnings. No, I'm... The black uh, burn. I mean, black knight. I'm somebody completely different. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, don't I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, man! So no more mailbag then, right? No more mailbag. It's completely done. Oh, oh man! Finally. So you get to open the floodgates again, man. Good shit. Good shit, man. Yes. So that'll wrap up this segment, and by the time you hear it, there will already be a Mark II mailbag thread so please be sure to drop your questions in there with, with four pages break like right back. you're listening to Gundam at MHQ It was an honor to be on the court with you. You guys are the best. Even you, Vakaitis. Damn dumb son of a bitch. You don't understand a word I'm saying, do you? I can't believe Game and Morphin gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? You need to fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news, big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop in Second Opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning, In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Hey, this is Stephanie Shea and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Gundam at MAHQ. You're listening to episode 136, where we talked about episodes 6 through 10 of Gundam Build Fighters. We had a rollicking good time getting caught up on some Build Fighters. Uh, look out for more reviews in the upcoming episodes for uh, Gundam at MAHQ. And in our, then in our second segment, we... Uh, had a mailbag blowout, man. We went ape shit on the mailbag, man. We ate it all up. We got caught up for the first time in Gundam history, I believe. I'm probably lying, but that's all right because we're caught up. <laughs> well, no, we're actually caught up because you can't submit into it right now. That's right. That's right. Stipulations, gang. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before we close out this episode, fellas, uh, any anything you guys wanted to to to, to get out there? Um. Any any shout outs? Any anything you guys wanted to mention before we wrap it up? Yeah, R.I.P. Uncle Phil, man. Yeah, man. the best thing about the Fresh Prince. Damn it, son, man! I can't believe the shredder is gone, son. That's, well, he was sixty something, so it's not that big of a shock. That's Rhodey, son. I always I always find it. <laughs> I always find it funny when like, people will be like shocked, like, he's 95 years old. I can't I believe know. that he's dead. I know. Really? Fuck. He's hey. old as shit. Hey, man. Let me not curse nobody else, but yeah, Uncle Phil, man, rest in peace. James Avery, man. He brought us years of entertainment, especially to... Uh, he was the in the North Star and stuff. Yes, he was, man. He was the Iron uh, the iron Warrior that Raul yeah. pretty much beat his ass. <laughs> He's in a lot of different animes from the '80s, I believe. He was man. He was uh, the voice of Rhodey in uh in the Iron Man cartoon of the early '90s, I believe. A horrible cartoon. Oh, it was yeah. terrible. But he was Rhodey. Oh, that me. that that was mullet Tony. That was mullet porn stash Tony. Nice. Yep. Nice. A yeah, vintage. Bad. Just a bad representation. That was some vintage. And and, and really and really bad green Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh yeah. Like really like washed out green Mandarin. Yeah. Ooh. Not a. Yeah, and those were the for for every uh, for every uh, Spider Man and X Men, there was <laughs> Iron Man. You guys, you and, got, and that was that was the horrible show that was paired in like the Marvel Action Hour with the equally bad Fantastic Four show. Yes. Oh I God, I forgot that. about that one. In my market, yeah, it, it shot of crap. In my market, it came on on Sundays, man, and it was quickly avoided. Man, as you guys can tell, we have great memories of the show. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, it's it's when you, when you get your vision burned like that, it's like looking in the sun. You always remember it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's awful. What not to do? Unforgettable moments. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think back and it's like there was a point in time when Marvel was shit. And all the stuff they used to put on TV and on the movies. They had a rough spot, man. They had a rough period. Yeah. In the, the early 90s weren't too kind. The 90s were not good for them. No. no. <laughs> Nor were the late 90s. No, they weren't, man. They, they had to bounce back nice and hard. But, hey, uh, look at them now. Look at him now. But uh, anything, anything else you guys wanted to mention? Watch out for the polar vortex. Right on. <laughs> well, um, I just want to bestow some, uh, some, some heartfelt thanks. Uh, Bestowing. Bestowing. I'm sorry. Bestow may be the wrong word, but I want to give some... From the... I, I Lord Solbro, from the <laughs> Kingdom of Capcom, bestow upon Dolo, Sir Dolo... <laughs> Well, you uh, watched it. You you re, uh, redoing marathons of Game of Thrones? Yes, I am. No, I'm not really, but <laughs> <laughs> I I just still still a little bit oh from the gosh. from the writers' room of Game of Thrones. No, um, I, I do want to thank um, uh, Dollar Relance first and foremost. He put in so much work over the month of December for us. He uh, worked with Neo for the new special, and then later on put out two two uh, recaps of uh, Gundam at MAHQ, the long-awaited uh, 
year five uh, best of special, and then a week later, the uh, year six, the most recent year that we did special. So thank you, Dalo. Um, I was working on the, the specials that I mentioned last episode, which were uh, I was going to take some of the the, the off off uh, mic moments from us, but I couldn't really find a lot of clips that we could use. I'm still sorting through. You know, it's like I, I, a lot of the a lot of you believe it or not, a lot of the clips is us talk about politics, and that's the last thing I want to put out there. So uh, give me some oh, more time been, with that, that must, stuff. Yeah, it must have been from the summer <laughs> between furloughs and shutdowns and. Yeah, that was a fun time. I actually had an episode done, but it's like, yo, this is like 80% politics. Forget this. Uh, Let me go ahead and... Submit it to to Fox News. (laughs) Exactly. So I've got to take a bit more time to get that put together, guys, but my apologies. But um, also a a big thank you to everybody who's been showing up for the uh, EX versus the Gundam Nation sessions. Um, Keep it coming. we got another session coming up soon, and if you want to find out more details... Just head to Gundam.net. There's posts up there that talk about uh, everything you need to do, everything you need to know to participate in the sessions that we. Have. If you want to see Solbro get his ass kicked, yes, in the turn A, and then hear bu- to this stream, and hear a bunch of people on the stream talking shit about me as I'm getting my ass kicked, targeting me. Yes, come on down and get a laugh, or check out the YouTube uh, page for Gundam. It's gu- YouTube.com/slash/GundamMHQ. You can check all the replays there. With that said, make sure to check out these websites when you have time. Head on over to where the magic happens, mahq.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at mahq's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, Look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash GundamMAHQ. YouTube.com slash ChaosTheaterMAHQ. YouTube.com slash FightersReady. YouTube.com slash ShinStationFightTube and youtube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for this episode of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. Now, good. Lean on me. Point your toes and kick like crazy. Come on, Tony. Faster. Whoa, man. My job description didn't say anything about getting spritzed by the boss. March 11th, 3 p.m. Hypertech Seminar, remember?
I should give you a raise for getting me out of this torture chamber, Jim. What is that? It's a Code 10 alarm. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. They came from different worlds. Then they kidnapped John Benjamin and took him to someone's apartment. And that's when they made unreasonable demands. I want a pet I can love, but I don't want to take care of it. Okay, we're rolling? Only one thing can stop them, and that thing doesn't exist yet. Well, I just want you to... get nothing. Well, you let me go on. I mean, why interrupt? Because we're rude. Can I have my sucker back? Unreasonable demands. We get it, or he gets it, or you get it. You get it? Get it this Christmas. Unreasonable commands. This film is not yet rated.